Bizzle. We call the Jesse James. Jesse, aka the Bizzle. Yo, the Bizzle. Thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle. Thank you, the Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. All right, Bizzlecasters. As promised, here is Bizzlecast co-contributor and my buddy Abdil to do the commentary for 2016's Captain America: Civil War, directed by the Russo brothers, who are directing the final Avengers films and directed the Captain America: The Winter Soldier, written by um, the Marcus and McFeely duo, who have actually written every Cap movie, including the first Avengers, and have stayed on for all the Russo movies and the final Avengers movies. Came out in 2016. We're going to talk about the importance of this movie, what we think of the film, the lore in the movie, how it did in the box office, following Batman v Superman, and all sorts of topics. And I'm going to give you the spiel about jumping into the countdown, whether you listen to my extended intro or jump right to here. Thank you for joining us, and I'm going to explain how the countdown is going to work. But first of all, let me welcome back to the podcast, Abdul. Hey, what's going on, folks? So, really quickly, Abdiel, I'm really pumped to do this with you. I've been wanting to do this for a while, but while I really like this movie, um, as I mentioned to you beforehand, I sometimes like it, and I sometimes really like it, and I kind of wanted to do it with someone, and you're the perfect guy, um, just because you love this shit, and because we talk Avengers all the time. Uh, but really quickly, man, I wanted to say that our 40-minute uh, discussion last week about the- uh, alternate universe theories um, for uh, the final Avengers movies, and then, of course, seeing Captain Marvel with the post credits and then watching the Avengers trailers a million more times. But then last night when I couldn't sleep, I was up late. I listened to our 40 minute predictions podcast and was so inspired, but wanted to go further with some of my predictions after having re-listened to it. And of course, seeing Captain Marvel, I ended up recording almost a two hour solo podcast, which I almost never do talking about all my predictions um, for Infinity War and um, or, or I should say for Avengers Endgame in the end of this phase and of, of this stage of the event. Avengers. So thank you for that, because that was a great discussion and got my mind thinking in so much, um, in so many different ways. Um, and uh, at, but right as we're about to lead into the countdown, um, I, as we talked about off air, we're going to mostly be talking about this movie as a movie. Do we remember seeing it for the first time? What were our expectations? What do we think about Captain America? How excited we were about the cool introduction of the Black Panther? Um, does all of it come together, bringing all the superheroes together? Was this really Avengers 2.5? All of those things that were going on in the air in 2016. But now also with three years of hindsight, an amazing Black Panther and Avengers 3 and what looks to be a spectacular Avengers 4. Um, and so Abdul... Uh, this is sort of rhetorical because you and I talked about this um, off mic, but just for the listeners, does it sound like a good uh, breakdown to talk mostly about this movie, but then also sort of the repercussions going forward to Black Panther and the final Avengers film? Yeah, I think it's great. Mm. Awesome. 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 We're going to get, why not? Why fucking not? Exactly. Um, that, that should be the, that should be the, the, the sub headline of the Bizzlecast is just like, why the fuck not? Right. <laughs> I mean, dude, I literally did a podcast a few weeks ago where we took DC comics and star Wars characters and put them into dungeons and dragons classes and had this, I mean, like a three hour podcast with Matty G. Why the fuck not? It's the Bizzlecast. So thrilled to have you on my man. Um, um, I, I think we'll do some star Wars commentary in the future but right here right now captain america civil war um and let me go into the spiel about the countdown guys and we're gonna get you right into the film um and i told abdil all this off mic but i have to give it to in case you're a new listener and to line it up so um 
uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier, there's a handful of movies like Guardians 1 and Captain America and the Winter Soldier where they do the uh, what they call the cold open, the sort of pre-first scene, like scene 0.5, if you will, um, before the uh, iconic Marvel credits, comic book turning pages stuff. And so this is one of the movies where there's an extended bit from 1991 about Bucky being brainwashed and the killing of the Stark, spoiler alert, and so forth in this movie. And then it launches into Marvel Comics credits credits with the iconic uh, music and credits and then into the main part of the movie. So I'm going to count you down from three to two to one. On our versions, the screen starts black. At about five seconds, you start seeing an icy landscape. And at about 10 seconds, you see the, the, the um, you see 1991 slowly come on screen as we pan over uh, the Siberian uh, landscape. Um, and so I'm going to say three, two, one, go. So you should be at zero minutes, uh, zero, zero minutes, zero seconds. When I say go, if you should hit play, if that describes your file, um, and then um, at, nine, at the point where it says 1981, which is about 10 seconds in, just to make sure we're aligned if you have a different file, Abdil is going to say what, Abdil? Shazam. Abdil is going to say Shazam. Yeah, Philly, what, what? Um, uh, and, uh, and at that point, the Shazam should line up with the 91 and we'll be lined up and you'll be lined up and this will all be glorious and we're going to go right into it. So any questions, comments, thoughts before we do this or let's just do this. Let's do it. All right, folks. So again, as I usually say, put some subtitles on. Even if you have some ambient sound, which I do recommend, if just for the music and some of the sort of background sounds, um, I leave that up to you. Um, get it to zero hours, zero minutes, zero seconds. I'm going to count us in. And, uh, and when this is going to be an amazing ride for what's a really, really excellent Marvel movie that has tons of repercussions going forward into what we're seeing now and uh, is setting up stuff that we could not have foreseen at the time. We'll be talking about all of that. So take a second, if you need to pause me, to queue up your Blu-ray, DVD, digital file, or whatever. And here comes the countdown. All right, buddy. I'm ready to go Shazam on this shit. You ready? Yep. All right, guys. Here comes the countdown. And again, one last time, when when Abdil says Shazam, it should say nineteen around nineteen ninety one on your screen in big letters. So here comes the countdown for um, from zero and three, two, one, go. Shazam. Boom, 1991. We're in Siberia. So uh, uh, I knew that you know, we all knew Bucky was coming back as Winter Soldier for Winter Soldier, man, right? As the Winter Soldier, they didn't even try and hide it. It was. It seemed very clear ahead of time that he was going to be the one that would kill the Starks and um, and that would be what would turn Iron Man against him. I knew or had suspected almost every plot part of this movie before I saw it, which was one of my initial dissatisfaction. Did you know all of this, that we were going to see him be brainwashed, turned into the Winter Soldier, and then kill the Starks? I didn't know that at all, actually. Okay. Surprise. But you knew they were going to fight, right? So there had to be some reason why we saw in the trailers Cap and Bucky fighting Iron Man at the end, right? Oh, uh, of course. Right. This is an amazing image. I mean, this is straight from the comic books. And Sebastian Stan just always looks great, especially in the Winter Soldier stuff. Now, just a quick recap. We thought Cap brought down Hydra in 
Captain America, the Winter Soldier, but then they appear in Ultron in the, the year before this in 2015, and then Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and we keep getting HYDRA stuff. Um, but it's also mixed up with Russian stuff, you know, the USSR and so forth. I don't know that all this lore all makes sense, and neither of us are experts on sort of the lore from the comic books that led up to this. But in general, um, have you did you find at this time that you can remember the Russia slash German slash um, uh, HYDRA stuff? Did you find it interesting in the Captain America movies and, and and Ultron and so forth? Oh, yeah, I find it really interesting. Very, very interesting. Were you aware that in the comics, Bucky uh, does become Captain America at some points? Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting because it was Bucky, um, Captain America version with a gun. It was like his suit was uh, black, uh, and, black and red, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah, it was pretty cool. The, the music here is great. And I wasn't surprised that we saw this scene with more multiple angles as the movie went on. Because again, man, I say this like with the Stardust thing with Jyn Erso in Rogue One. We can't assume that all people knew that this was happening. Even you, who's a nerd, wasn't sure that Bucky was going to kill the Stark. So I, it was a great device to slowly reveal it to the 95% of normal audiences who wouldn't know this stuff ahead of time, right? Like, when you first saw this, were you, you, you weren't sure this was the Starks, right? So it was kind of mysterious? Mm-hmm. Especially because he's looking for this. Right. And so it's a good misdirect that they focus on the serum. All right. right. Here we go, baby. Oh. Woo! Uh, this gives me chills books. every time. Even movies I see because I have to, like Ant-Man, even though I don't love them that much, I still get pumped every fucking time this stuff happens. And by the way, the Stan Lee tribute with this and the Captain Marvel was so beautiful. We haven't talked about that. Yeah. Um, in the comic books, it was funny. It was like, I thought like when they was talking about Bucky, they would bring out Banzimo, um, the purple cape looking guy, villain, because mm-hmm. he's also worked with um, okay. Hydra. All right. We'll get back to that. Starting in Lagos with the, the training of the Scarlet Witch, I was immediately so in. I love Scarlet Witch and Ultron. I- I'm a huge proponent of her. She's definitely my favorite of the non-original Six Avengers. We'll get back to her. And the fact that they're training her in this real-life situation and that both Cap and Natasha are kind of coaching her up, I thought was a really cool way to jump into the story, right? Right. Uh, Frank Grillo, who plays, um, what's his name? You know, he was like the head Hydra strike leader that was pretending to be Cap's friend and Winter Soldier, and of course was not a good guy. And it, we, but we see him alive at the end of Winter Soldier, so we kind of knew he was going to be a villain. Some people were disappointed that they disposed of him early on in the movie, man. Um, but I, 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 there was so much else going on in this film. This was the perfect way to start something that we knew from Winter Soldier from two years previously, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, people forget Captain America with only Falcon and Black Widow took down all of Hydra, most of S.H.I.E.L.D., released the entire intelligence to the entire world over the Internet and took down three helicarriers and turned Bucky all at once in that movie. It's pretty amazing looking back. This is so cool. So one thing you will never hear me criticize this movie about is special effects. It looks amazing from beginning to end. And any action set pieces I don't want, like the airport battle tease coming later, has to do more with the lack of stakes or the way it's framed than the actual effects. This looks great. This is maybe the first really excellent looking, like, uh, 9 out of 10 or 9.5 out of 10 Marvel movie. Boom! So who are your favorites from Team Cap? Um... 
Either before this or after. Oh, this is so cool. Um, Falcon. Falcon's pretty cool. I like him. I mean, I like him in the comic books because they, they upgraded his suit um, pretty damn good. But like of this team cap operating here, I guess Vision's mm. not here. No, Vision's not here. Um, Scarlet Witch is pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. So we knew Black Panther was getting introduced. I didn't think he was going to be in this first scene because it's Lagos, which is Nigeria, which even though it's somewhat geographically close to supposedly where Wakanda is, is still quite a far distance away. And so it was a brilliant way for the you know incident that turned the world against the Avengers to be in Africa, leading to the events with uh, T'Chaka and T'Challa, right? Oh, uh, here we go with the shield, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is so great. My biggest problem with this movie is the first half with Team Cat, Bucky, and Black Panther is so great. It's hard to keep that momentum going. Yeah, that guy is such a badass, man. It's like how you just come in there. That's badass. Oh, uh, yes. We see the Scarlet Witch flying with the full powers. I'm going to complain about her getting blamed in a bit because she's trying to save people. But right now, she is just kicking major ass. But I love how she's a support character, too, right? She's trying not to yeah. kill people despite her powers. Oh, this is great. Do we miss the line where he's trying to get Natasha to say the name of the robot? And she's like, I'm not saying that. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> so spoiler alert, guys. The, as I've said many times, even though I love Avengers in 2012, it wasn't until the Winter Soldier in 2014 when I fell in love with Captain America, which I never saw coming, that I really got into the MCU. The Winter Soldier, man, is basically, well, along with Star Wars coming back, what launched my podcast. And I love everything with Chris Evans and Captain America. I can't get enough. And this scene is no different. I like the old Captain America from the 80s. Um, the original Captain America, but the storyline didn't make any sense. Hmm. Falling into oh yes, so dude, they work so hard with Elizabeth Olsen in Ultron, which is her first appearance, about how to manifest her powers to make it look both magicy but not too mutanty because she is a mutant in some places, you know. But you can't be a mutant here. But to distinguish her from Doctor Strange and distinguish her from other, you know, level nine, level ten characters, and because Elizabeth Olsen is so young, she's way younger than you and I, and grew up on these movies, you know, she seems so comfortable with the CGI in a way that some of the older characters don't. I love the way she moves her fingers she literally had a finger coach oh yes here's black widow in plain clothes oh my god scarlett johansson's such a badass i know this is a stunt double but i i said in my winter soldier commentary i don't know how they found the scarlett johansson stunt double because she's so gorgeous but she's so distinct looking right to find someone to fight like her and oh yes uh black widow well um her movements well they found someone but they are like they fight her face because her movements are Yes. They try to cover her face. Oh, yes. You know? I mean, it's, ob it's obvious when it's not ScarJo, but what I'm saying is to find someone that looks so similar and that they were able to mimic each other's movements when we do see Scarlet, right? Right. Oh, this is great. Look at her. She's not even worried, you know? It's like the beginning of the Avengers when she's uh, in the chair, like almost falling off the thing. It's like, Coulson, mm -hmm. I'm working here. Come on. I love this cap suit. The, the, I think the Ultron Civil War cap suit, I know it's not the most traditional one, but it makes the most sense, and it really just looks awesome. Oh, <laughs> CGI cap, whatever. Always looks good, even though it's clearly CGI. That was a little sloppy. Who cares? Uh, do you like the armored cap suit, or do you prefer the, the spangly spandex of the original? Um, the original is cool. Because that's what he's going right. to be wearing in the final Avengers movie, it looks like. Yeah. All right, dude. As someone of African descent... We won't go too much into this. 
How do you like the portrayal of Africa in this movie overall? Obviously, Wakanda is like the coolest thing ever. And I was on the Black Panther train because, as you know, and some of my listeners know, I lived in Africa many years ago for a long time and numerous visits and still have friends and family there and knew about the Black Panther thing. And that's also what got me into the MCU and was knowing Chadwick Boseman was going to be the Black Panther and so forth. Uh, this is exactly what Lagos looks like. It is not filmed in Lagos, but I've been briefly in Lagos. I've been to Dakar, which is the capital of Senegal, Bamako, Mali, South Africa, Botswana. This is definitely what Africa feels like. Um, so st- starting the conversation here, man, how did you like the, the, the introduction of Africa as a character into the MCU? That's really beautiful. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Crossbones. Crossbones. That's who he is. It is beautiful. It has like a little mixture of like uh, mm-hmm. South so, Africa, mm-hmm. South America. Sorry, South America. When I was out there visiting, like the little like the call it the shopping oh, yeah. areas. It's pretty cool. I like it. I think it was important to have Anthony Mackie as a person of color who's not African, who's African-American, be involved in this stuff. I know that sounds superficial, but optics are important. Like having Rhodey still alive in the new Avengers movie, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, here we go. So, Abdil, this isn't clear to everyone, but the entire plan of the bad guys here with Crossbones, played by Frank Grillo, is not to win. They're specifically setting up the Avengers to lose the mission by killing civilians and therefore tarnish the Avengers, right? Which seems a little mm-hmm. convenient. Did that come across on the first time? Not here, but like later as they start you know, saying we're going to lock up the Avengers. Was it clear that Crossbones never planned on getting out of here, but was trying to set up the Avengers to lose? I did not notice that. Right. Because they keep threatening to kill civilians. By the way, Abdil, it's important to point out that while Black Widow was clearly a good guy with the Avengers in the first Avengers, it wasn't until Captain America started really trusting her in Winter Soldier that she became a true good guy, if that makes sense. I call it being capified, right? If Cap trusts you, then you're a full-on good guy if you earn Cap's trust. Mm-hmm. And that's what I didn't understand about Captain America, the character in the comics growing up. But Chris Evans, just you know, let's be honest. You and I love comics, but there are certain one-dimensional characters like Captain America in the comics that are better on screen with great actors and writing. Right. We're both just watching the fighting here. This is great. They yeah. use so much shaky cam early on, and they get away from it. But when they use the shaky cam, it looks amazing. The whole first part of this feels like Winter Soldier. Here it is. Here's where he says it. See, he even took his helmet off. He's laughing. He's already saying he lost. I think I look pretty good. <laughs> he knew you. Uh-oh. Your pal, your buddy, your Bucky. Oh, I love that. Cap's like, what? He knows Bucky's still alive. Weepy. Oh, brain black in the bren- blender. Brain black in the... Oh, no, I can't say. Please tell Rogers. Right. When you got to go, you got to go. This is the whole plan, man. The crossbones is wanting to commit suicide and frame the Avengers. Now here, right. Here's the explosion. The Scarlet Witch controls it. Oh, my God. I mean, she controls Ultron, in it, or I should say uh, Thanos. We'll get back to that. And this is the biggest problem with the movie, dude, is she saves way more people than she kills. This makes no sense, okay? She kills maybe 100 people in the apartment building here. This is horrifying. But there are literally like 10 million civilians in Lagos. So she just saved thousands or more, right? And this to me is the biggest plot hole. But because of Elizabeth Olsen's emotional performance and the performance of other Team Cat, does that make sense? 
from a logistical standpoint, okay, we'll get back to that. This was the first de-aging, man. This was it. This was the first time they de-aged the character. We see it with Fury and Coulson, the new Captain Marvel. What did you think of this when you saw younger Tony Stark here? Mm. Uh, very interesting. It looked weird. Especially, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's really weird because um, the actor was, when he was young, he was so fucked up. He was such a fucked up uh, person. That's John Slattery, who's playing older uh, Howard Stark. Um, Dominic, what's his face? Who plays younger Howard Stark in a bunch of the Marvel properties is excellent. I'm not sure who's playing his mom here. And I'm talking about like, uh, not, not, uh, I'm talking about the actor being young. Like when he was young, he was really, <laughs> really a fucked up person. <laughs> it's just weird looking at him like this right now. He's always been a big baby, dude, right? I mean, yeah. he's not as bad as Peter Quill, but he's much older than Peter Quill and been through much more. But he's basically been a big baby this whole time. And that's what Ultron and then Civil War taught him. And when he makes that call to Cap with the cell phone in Endgame, or in uh, Infinity War, it's like the first time he admits that he does not have all the answers, basically, and he needs help. Yeah. So, did you think this was just us seeing a flashback? Oh, but there's the other Robert Downey Jr. And you're going, okay, what the hell's happening here? Yeah, it's so fucking weird. Robert Downey, oh my god, dude, that is so freaking weird. If I can make a Rogue One comparison, uh, they hadn't nailed the technology here. He looks like CGI Leia a little bit with his face a little too tight. Yeah. They do get it better. And while I don't love the way Nick Fury portrays young Nick Fury in Captain Marvel, it does look more convincing now with the de-aging. And we've seen it with Michael Douglas and Ant-Man, right, as well, which looks pretty good. Yeah. Do you remember the scene? Yeah, I remember the scene. So technically, this is him being the playboy billionaire philanthropist genius, right? Who just right? He's giving six hundred million dollars to the smartest people on the planet. He's trying to be a philanthropist to ease his guilt, right, over Ultron and all the bad things that he's done. And he's about to be confronted by an amazing actor, who's one of my favorite character actors coming up, a middle-aged African American woman, um, about who calls him out on the fact that this is just to calm his guilt. It, you know, it's not just like a humanitarian gesture. It's still about Tony. We find out that him and Potts are not together in a little bit, right? They sort of accidentally reveal that him and Pepper Potts are not together. He's trying to joke, but he gave a little speech about, about you know, how sad he is about his past and his parents, man. And then when we get, again, the 95% of people who didn't know that that's the Starks in the car from 91 with the Winter Soldier, it's setting that part up even more by meeting his parents alive in this simulation, right? Mm. But notice how we still have the old cocky how. Uh, Tony Stark coming out here, but you can see the insecurity behind his eyes. Oh, now I would like to introduce Pepper Potts. He doesn't say it. And this is what starts setting him off. So go break some eggs. So dude, one thing I will say is they really follow both Avengers movies with the trauma of Tony, right? So what was Iron Man 3 about? Iron Man 3 was about dealing with the trauma of going up into space and almost dying with the Chitari, right? And dealing with his PTSD. This is about dealing with his post-Ultron legacy. Because him and Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk, uh, Bruce Banner, are specifically responsible for destroying the city of Sokovia and killing thousands of people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Although without that happening, we wouldn't have gotten the vision and the, the, the uh, 
things related to Doctor Strange and Thanos and new movies. I'll hold off on that for now. Okay, here we go. Here, here comes. Hold on. It's funny that he's scared of this woman at first. I don't know if this is a racial commentary. <laughs> oh, I guess he's Tony something. Stark, so anyone could come after him. Her name's Alfrey Wood- Woodward. She's spectacular. The thing she's best in is being Captain Picard's sidekick in uh, Star Trek First Contact, which not only is by far the best Star Trek Next Generation movie where they fight the Borg on Earth in the past, but it's maybe the best Star Trek movie that's not Wrath of Khan. And she plays, you know, she gets beamed up to the Enterprise by accident and is dealing with the Borg and helps rehumanize Captain Picard. This is a very different role. I don't know if you know what I'm referring to. No, I'm a little lost on Star Trek. I mean, this is from the 90s. Oh, yeah. I'm not on good on Star Trek. It's the one good Next Generation cast movie because they they literally are fighting the Borg in the past, and the Borg are trying to destroy them from getting warp power so that they never can evolve. Mm. Here it is. I know it's boring. Enabled me to raise a son. So she basically says he becomes an idealistic, her son was an idealistic humanitarian, Charlie Spencer, who went to Sokovia to do what you were doing earlier today and people who do amazing humanitarian stuff to help people, you know, who, are, uh, who need help all over the world. He goes to Sokovia and he, I guess he's there when the Sokovia is flying stuff and Ultron happens and dies in that. I think it's a little on the nose, but to remind people about Ultron and that there were consequences, I think is important, right? Because we don't see mm-hmm. people die in Ultron. I mean, we see them saving people, evacuating people. We, you know, we see Quicksilver die. We see a bunch of the Avengers almost die. Um, we see tons of robots die, but we don't actually see people dying. And you have to assume, as I've always saying, that people are dying in these big fights. This humanizes it. And I think that was important. Would you agree with me that through two giant Avengers movies where they were end of the world, but no, but no humans die, they needed a movie like this to show the to consequences? Yeah, because I think they never, like, publicized uh, yes. humans actually dying. All right, dude. So when I heard about the Black Panther, uh, they were actually doing it late 2014. They cast Chadwick Boseman and how serious they were going to take it. And it wasn't going to be a side project like Ant-Man. It was going to be central to the MCU, even past Phase 3 with Wakanda. And then Ryan Coogler as the director. And then you had Lupita and Michael B. Jordan. I was more excited about Black Panther than anything else leading up to it. And so for me, every little bit about Wakanda in this movie, I'm eating up. Here's the Scarlet Witch, tormented. Again, this is the weakest part of the setup of this movie that she should feel guilty for killing 80 people when she could have been... They're being very specific. Um, right. Cap's trying to take it on himself. She was trying to save thousands of people. It's, this makes no sense. But you know what? The Avengers are always going to feel guilty even for things that they're not responsible for. Yeah. Yeah, it's on me. It's on both of us. She's so mature already. I mean, she's crazy Wanda at the beginning of Ultron, with death of her brother, and now all those responsibilities. She's grown up so fast. I also want to point out that I immediately on Ultron said Elizabeth Olsen, who had been in nothing, was going to be a superstar, and since then she's been in at least two award-nominated films. Whoop! 
<laughs> Viz. <laughs> so spoiler alert, oh, there it is. Marvel fans hate almost every romance in the movies. I like almost every romance in the movies. I particularly like this one. I was the one saying I wanted a Scarlet Witch uh, Vision movie years ago, and the fact that we're getting a show with them, I'm thrilled. I don't know if like the majority of comic book nerds will care or watch it. I love the Vision in, in Scarlet Witch. I happen to think Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen have great chemistry. <laughs> I think they do. This fucking guy. It's just weird. It, it's, it's just weird. It's like you're an android, and she's like, I don't know how old um, Scarlet Witch is. Early twenties. Oh wow. <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah, but he's an android, and she's like a level 10 Omega Mutant, so there's a lot of weirdness going on. Yeah. So here it comes. He's already condescending to them. He's like, oh, we thank you for all your great work, but now we've got to control you. Mm. So, Abdil, can I ask you the first big question of the movie while William Hurt is being a total asshole douchebags here about the vigilantes? Sure. Sure. I think the movie makers wanted us to be divided between Team, team Cap and Team Stark. Uh, but were you or do you think anyone was not on Team Cap going rogue in this movie and going forward? Like, does anyone really take Tony Stark's and the government side after everything we've seen both in the real world, but also with Hydra and S.H.I.E.L.D. and so forth? Well, <clears throat> to be fair, it was like... Here it is. It was, it was Stark, Fantastic Four... And team, uh, team um, Captain America, and I was all about, but you know, and also X Men involved too. I was all about like um, mm. keeping, like keeping right. you in I like, identities. I'm sorry, dude. I, I like how he's guilting them over Cap taking down Hydra. He's like, he did you guys a favor. The, I, I'm talking about this movie, though, man, specifically. Oh, this movie. Is there I any way like, we are not? Is there any way we're with the government trying to clamp down on the Avengers in this film? Like, I, they, I don't know if they wanted us to f- sympathize with the government and, and Tony Stark in the division in this movie. I'm never not with Team Cap as this goes on. I'm always about Team Cap. Yeah. Because, yeah. Right. I'm right. Not about, like, I just want to point out, government. this is the American government criticizing them for operating with unlimited power. Okay, let's just think about the irony of that for a second. Yeah. Right. The Avengers kill 80 people in Legos trying to save the entire city while America's been bombing Iraq and Afghanistan for 15 years and, and they're giving yeah, the yeah, Avengers yeah. a hard time about unlimited power. I don't think they ever expected us to not be rooting for Team Cap. I, I think that was, you know, they're trying to make this complicated, man. And, and what you like or don't like, not you, but what one would like or don't like about the themes of this movie is that it's so obvious who's on the right side and the wrong side. It's not, this isn't even a Batman thing, right? I mean, it's not that you're rooting for the Joker against Batman, but when Joker talks about higher class of criminals and Batman being too efficient at what he does, there's some interesting stuff there. Here, I'm never not with Team Cap. I'm here with Team Cap because fucking the government, no way, fuck that. I see why, you know, Cap is like, mm-hmm. you know, what he did with his star. He took his freaking star out of his, um, his uniform and went rogue. Excuse me. Okay. So another issue I had initially with this movie is, let's be honest, dude, look at all the Avengers here in the scope of this movie. This is essentially Avengers 2.5, right? 
Right. We said it even at the time. The problem was, I love Joss Whedon's Avengers, and while I love the Russos, these guys who directed it, while I love them doing the Winter Soldier, them doing an Avengers movie here, essentially, at the time, I'm going, this is clearly not as good as Avengers 1 or 2, as an Avengers movie. Over time, I started looking at it more as a cat movie that just happened to have the Avengers, liked it much more. Oh, this is great. I love Zemo. This actor's spectacular. He's in so many good movies. Dan- I see uh, Daniel why, like, I see why, like, um, Captain America has a grudge with uh, Tony Stark. Yeah. In some way. Yeah, because every time he lets Tony Stark in and tries to trust him, Tony does something stupid like Ultron or this. Yeah. Tony's just so guilty. Here's the thing, Abdiel. Tony's so guilty about the events of Ultron and Sokovia. He just doesn't put up a fight against the government. Doesn't realize it till too late. I would mm-hmm. say a lot of people said even at the time um, he was amazing in Infinity War. If you take Infinity War out, even though this is a Captain America movie, I, some a lot of people said this was Robert Downey Jr.'s best dramatic performance up to that point. And we'll watch it as it goes on. But even so far, we've seen such dimensionality to Tony Stark, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if this Hydra history stuff, a lore, communicated to anybody in this film, but it doesn't really matter. Here it is, 1991. Watch this. This is actually the worst effect of the movie, even though it's practical. The, the water level doesn't change. The water keeps dripping, and it's still like just his forehead under the water. He's supposedly torturing him by waterboarding him. See, it's still the same level of water. <laughs> I noticed stupid shit. Hey, Abdiel, just between you and me. Yeah. Off mic. Um, I'm talking a lot. If you want to talk over me at any point, just start talking, and I'll shut up. Okay. No worries. So this is Zemo. This is the guy with the purple cape, yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. This is a case of something that comic book fans were annoyed was so different visually and so forth from the comics, but Daniel Brühl, who's been nominated for Oscars, I think, was just so brilliant in the role, um, especially with his relationship with T'Challa, that they let it go, if that makes sense. He's still not underwater. It's just his forehead. Oh, this is hilarious. Uh, Hydra deserves place on the ash heap. Right. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm just like... God. I know, there's so much exposition early on. And uh, so we're going to be reading and listening to some of it. So he's an ex-Hydra agent who's a rogue now, right? There's a lot of these guys out there. If you watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you see this stuff, but this is way more interesting and dark and cool. And getting an Academy-nominated actor doesn't hurt. Yeah. He was in in the excellent uh, race car, uh, historical race car movie, um, Rush with Chris Hemsworth was Daniel Brühl. Uh, based on right. a true story with IndyCar in the 70s where they were competitors and he gets really badly deformed in a crash but keeps racing and their competitiveness directed by Ron Howard of Solo and many other things. Here we go. Right, so- <laughs> this is great. I'm sorry. Look at Tony Stark. He's just bored and annoyed. Uh, you know, I talk about this with Cat. Like, it's like Cassian in Rogue One. You know, Cassian just looks more and more angry and annoyed at the stuff he has to do as it goes on. It's sort of a similar thing with Tony. 
Okay, listen to this, right. This is important because I talked about this in my prediction. Vision is making a calculation here that since Iron Man 1 happened and the Iron Man suit was built and the Avengers initiative was launched in 2008 and the beginning of the MCU, man, both in and out of the movies, they've been getting more and more alien invasions and the Ultron thing, right? This is the Dark Knight thing. This is, the, you know, the, the Joker only arises because Batman becomes so good at stopping criminals. And so the, the Joker becomes a higher class of criminal, as he calls himself, right? And so this is the whole debate, man, the Dark Knight debate. And that's the other thing is as interesting as this philosophical stuff is from the vision and throughout the movie. They actually talk about this. This is what the Dark Knight's about, is that Batman then needs to, feels like he needs to take responsibility for being so good at what he does that he's causing better criminals like the Joker. Go ahead. Oh, I was trying to figure out the whole Baroness um, and, uh, and the whole Hydra, ex-Hydra's um, situation. Do you remember in the first Avengers when Thor finally meets up with them in the helicarrier? He's explaining to them about Thanos, the Chitari, and Loki's plan. And he said mm-hmm. that ali- these aliens have found that the Earth is ready for a higher form of war, right? And that's why they're invading now. He uses the word ready for a higher form of war. But what's interesting is we've been ready for that level war for many decades. So it wasn't until Iron Man and specifically the Avengers that that higher form of war happened, uh, you know, culminating in super, super, super bad guy Thanos and Infinity War. So in my predictions podcast, I talk about how between that Thor speech and the Vision speech, we just sort of missed because I was talking so much about, you know, Iron Man leading to all these horrible negative cosmic level events. That even though they're not morally responsible for more and more evil bad guys coming to Earth and so forth, it's a result of their growing power as good guys that we get increasingly powerful bad guys. Does if that does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. He says it. This is you have to buy through performance. He says we need to put be put in check. I. This seems out of character even for Tony Stark to me. Do you buy this, how relatively quickly and easily Tony Stark would buy the government's plan and Rhodey and so forth, and Natasha? I don't know. Um, I don't know what to say about Tony Stark on this one right now. Just a simple question. Just a simple question. Forget Robert Downey Jr.'s amazing performance, which he sells it. I'm saying if you look at the script like on the page, you know, hypothetically – the, where the character of Tony Stark is right now, do we buy that he would, because of his guilt of Ultron and so forth, so quickly give in to oversight from the government? He, normally, he's been telling the government to go fuck itself. Now, all of a sudden, he's a lackey for them? I don't know. Um, yeah, well, he is feeling guilt. And I think the government, like, pretty much tying this, pretty much... And pretty much, they pretty much um, are like tying his hand and like, hey, look, because of this event, you know, this is your this situation. And they're making him feel bad. I guess they're making him feel bad about it. Tony can't believe that Widow agrees. Can I give you my big theory of the movie uh, that has to do with Widow? So you know how it seems like Widow for most of the movie is on Team Stark, but then at the end she goes rogue and tells Stark to fuck himself? I think she never wants this to happen, but she knows it's going to. And so she believes that she can do more infiltrating inside Team Stark uh, because she so quickly jumps to Team Cap at the end. I don't think Scarlet ever thinks this is a good idea, but unlike Cap, who would never up this is we see in the trailer, man, for Avengers! 
Yep, this oh. is the exact shot. Uh, you know, I said we're going to see Peggy die in Avengers Endgame. I think, right, I think we're going to actually see the death scene because we hear Peggy's voice, really long bit of old Peggy in the new Avengers trailer. For some reason, dude, most people don't realize that that's Peggy Carter's voice, the British woman saying we have to move on in the Avengers trailer. Were you aware of, of Peggy, that that was Peggy Carter's voice in the Avengers trailer? No, I didn't know. All right. Spoiler alert, I love Emily Van Camp. I know I'm on an island here. People hate that they kiss, especially because everyone hints him and Peggy in some retroactive way to get together, which is never going to happen, people. But Agent 13 is awesome in The Winter Soldier uh, as, a, as a you know loyal member of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, and Nick Fury. And the problem with her character in this movie, even though she nails this speech about her grandmother, and, and look how sad Cap and, and, and Falcon are, but, dude, the problem is they don't give it enough time to breathe. One of my predictions of this movie was that they were going to spend, like, 15 to 20 minutes of just cap personal stuff in his own life, including, you know, will he, won't he with Sharon Carter here. Um, but, I, again, it's not the actress. It's the normal Marvel universe of not giving the female characters, even the side characters, enough screen time, in my opinion. But if you hate Sharon Carter, that's fine. I really don't. You know, and and by the way, if he can't have Peggy Carter, who would he fall in love with but the all-American girl granddaughter version of Peggy Carter, right? I mean, this is exactly the girl she'd fall in love with. Oh, I love this. Everything with Cap and Natasha is gold. But again, Winter <laughs> Soldier is maybe my favorite Marvel movie. I thought he would get with, um, with uh, Black Widow. No, 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 no. They, they sort of tease it in Winter Soldier for a second, but no. It's not a good fit. Hmm. <laughs> Can I give you a theory about Natasha's love life? Yeah. I think the reason people hated Natasha and Banner in Ultron being a thing, and by the way, spoiler alert, I don't hate it, but most people do or just apathetic about it. I think the reason people don't like Natasha and Banner isn't that they have bad chemistry because they have great chemistry as actors in Ultron. I think the reason they don't like it, man, is A, they thought maybe she'd end up with Cap, as you just said, but more likely B, they want her to get together with Hawkeye. And that's why in the alternate universe, can, do you mind if I work in some uh, uh, new Avengers movie alternate universe theory stuff here? Um, in the alternate universe, we clearly see them either meeting up for the first time and recognizing each other but not having met maybe in Budapest and they're holding hands and they're cuddly at the end in the Quinjet they're clearly giving the fans what I think a lot of fans want whether they vocalize it or not I'm not saying you do or care I think subconsciously or consciously a lot of fans wanted there to be a Natasha Clint thing and that's part of why they're doing the alternate universe where we can see that so in the prime universe Clint still has a family and they're just friends but in the alternate universe they could be romantic Mm. Oh, yeah, baby. All right, dude. I love the Black Panther. I literally called on my very first major Bizzlecast that the Black Panther was going to change the world as well as the movie industry. I couldn't have predicted that it would make $1.5 million in the, the amazing reception, but I did call it as one of my first podcasts that Black Panther was going to be amazing. And I love Chadwick Boseman and everything he's been with. I'm totally in it already. Go ahead on Black Panther, Boseman, whatever you want. No, nah, I have nothing to say. I think Battle Panther was uh, brilliant. Was that movie. something you were looking forward to in this film, though, was getting a taste of Panther? Hell yeah, of course. Who wouldn't? Um, what I really wanted to get is, uh, damn, what was that other comic hero? White Tiger or something? Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted that comic book hero to come out in theaters as well. It was White Tiger or something like that. 
couple things. His dad played by King Chachaka, a very famous South African actor. Um, it, people may or may not know that the language that they use in Wakanda is actually Kosa or Tosa, uh, which is one of the major languages of South Africa. It's the language of Nelson Mandela, which is why they're all doing Nelson Mandela-esque impressions. But, but this actor, John, I can't remember his name, who plays his father, King T'Chaka, who, spoiler alert, is about to die in a, very sadly in a minute or two, but we see in flashbacks in amazing ways in the Black Panther movie, he was the one dude who suggested using Kosa as a, the Wakanda language rather than inventing a new one or conglomerating them because we recognize the sound because of Nelson Mandela specifically. Nice. You know, I was wondering if they're ever going to do a, a female version of uh, Black Panther. Shuri. Shuri's it. Shuri's the one. That's what's going to happen. We're getting another Black Panther movie and then Shuri's going to be the Black Panther. That's what happens in the comics multiple times as Shuri becomes Black Panther. Yeah. They tease it in the Black Panther movie where she's so annoyed that he's, you know, anointed being the one and she doesn't even get a chance. That's what people love about Shuri. I love that Black yeah. Panther has an immediate sense that something's going on. Oh, uh, here it comes. Oh. That's how you do special effects, my, my dudes. Yeah. We see this scene again in Black Panther in flashback. I mean, two, these two actors, Abdil, you're a movie guy in addition to a comics guy. You know, it's so hard to sell a relation between two characters like this in what, 90 seconds? Look at this. Yeah. Oh, my heart was broken. However, Abdil, the, the thing that saved me from my heart completely breaking was that this was signaling to me that we were getting even more Black Panther in this movie than I thought. And so I was actually happy, as sad as the dad death is, if that makes sense. Oh. I also happen to find the sort of normal-looking beauty of uh, Emily Van Camp as Sarah Carter very appealing, and her very appealing, and so I guess I'm biased there. I actually think they have chemistry. They should have had an extended bit of Cap's life here, but maybe. Maybe Cap 4, if we get it, we'll get something. Mm. I mean, you know, he's looking at her and seeing Peggy Carter in her eyes, right? We need to get into his brain. We know that she's not actually related to to uh, the actress who plays Pe Peggy Carter, Haley Atwell, right? But in, in Steve's world, he's looking at her and seeing Peggy. Right. Oh, my God. Marry me. Sorry, people. I'm just being honest. You know, she's the one in Winter Soldier who says, if we're doing a manhunt for Captain America, we deserve to know why. And that leads to the split in, in Hydra and S.H.I.E.L.D. where they all start shooting each other at S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters, which is great. And she saves the computer guy, and it's awesome. I don't know, dude. I, one of the most cliched sayings on my podcast, Abdil, is sold through performance. If an actor or actress can sell things through performance, even if it seems like forced or not enough screen time, to me, I'm all in. Like T'Chaka, his dad, we saw for 90 seconds, nailed that. I, you know, maybe it wasn't enough time. But the, and look at these two. I love that these two are already establishing yeah. a bond, by the way. I mean, think about it. As weird as it sounds, Black Widow would be one of the most comfortable people in Wakanda of all the white, you know, American Avengers. Because she's, in a way, so honest and truthful. Yeah. 
So you saw Black actor. Panther, obviously. Um, of course. From one to ten, one being nothing, ten being completely engrossed. Before this, but specifically before the Black Panther movie, what where would you say your Black Panther like lore knowledge experience was from one to ten before all this? Um, what do you mean, like, um, like how much Black Panther had you read or just researched or just know about? Um, there we go. Black Panther. When Black Panther came out in the nineties when I was a kid. I mean, I I read. So you had exposure. Yeah, I mean, oh, what theater exposure? I'm just talking about familiarity um, with the character in the world of Wakanda, that even such a place could exist and that Africa was the most advanced and so forth. I didn't know much about it. Okay. I mean, I, I, like, I watched uh, like the movies, like the cartoon movies of uh, Wakanda and Captain, I mean, Captain America and, and, <laughs> and Black Panther first met in Wakanda. Oh, and that was like a whole too. cartoon movie. Um, these two. Of that, I mean, I, it was pretty good. I think if we get a Black Widow movie that's not a prequel, uh, Steve Rogers has to have a cameo in it. They have such an amazing rapport. Okay, so let me ask you a bigger question about Black Panther. Were you shocked that it made $1.5 billion? Everybody loved it. Amazing critical and audience reviews. People saw it a thousand times, and it won Academy Awards when comic book movies had never won awards. Were you surprised at any of the successes, massive successes of the Black Panther movie and franchise? You personally? No, I'm not surprised. I mean, I'm not surprised (laughs) at all. This is great. She's she's working for Team Cap, even though she's supposed to be working for the other guys. That also sells me on Sharon Carter. I'm sorry, guys. I love Agent 13. I mean, look, if she takes Cap's side of Winter Soldier and Peggy Carter, there's no way she's not going to be on Team Cap here, even if it's against orders. There goes Benzimo, the freaking uh, Hydra. The purple cape. Okay, so you know how when you watch Rogue One and they keep saying Stardust, you know Stardust is going to be like the key word late in the movie? I immediately mm-hmm. knew that him reading these Russian words was going to be the trigger for, for Bucky. They teased it early on, but it was so obvious that, that that's what was going to happen. But mm-hmm. because, again, like Stardust, when you have great actors, great performances, and great filming, I don't really care if they telegraph it because then you don't know what the reaction is going to be when he triggies, triggers Bucky, right? Mm. Yeah, wow. Did you feel like Zemo was too much not like a comic book villain, that he was more like just a normal bad guy? Oh, Bucky, yes! Sorry. Um, I think like, Zemo was just... Mm. I think Zemo was just a regular bad guy. Um, he, didn't, he wasn't like a... Like in the comic book, like purple um, cape, boots, and the sword. He was just like a just a movie bad guy. But I'm saying when you saw this movie in particular, I forget about the comics. Did you feel like the guy Daniel Brühl who played him in the portrayal was too not comic? Like it wasn't a Thanos or a Ronan the Accuser kind of thing. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't. So this is a sign of a great actor. Is that you know at the end of Winter Soldier. 
when he almost kills Cap, but then he pulls him out of the water and then runs away. You can see in Sebastian Stan's eyes here as Bucky that he's become a normal person since then. That's just amazing physical performance. Oh, this is, this is it. This is it. This scene leading to the chase that's coming up with these two in Black Panther, man, is one of my top three Marvel scenes of all time. And my, again, my biggest problem with the movie is that I don't think anything is as cool after this scene from an action standpoint. We'll see what my response is here after not having seen this for a year or two. But I, I even... I don't know. Go ahead, man. I, I can't even talk. I'm so excited about this. Hmm. By the way, you got to love that Chris Evans is not only like loved as Captain America, but how much people love his bromances with Iron Man and Bucky, you know, like whether you're a progressive person or not, I'm not saying they're gay for each other. It doesn't really matter to me one way or the other, but it's clearly a bromance. I mean, he loves him at least as much as Peggy, right? Yeah. What does he say in the Winter Soldier before the final battle? When he's talking to Anthony Mackie, he said, I can't take him down because even when I had nothing, I had Bucky, referring to World War II. He was the one guy who was always behind him when he was scrappy, skinny, little Steve Rogers. Yeah, he was like his right-hand man. I like how Bucky, for a second, not sure whose side Cap's on. Doesn't have to end in a fight, Buck. He says, what did he say? It always ends in a fight. That's his life. I mean, literally, dude, he's been doing this since 1945, Bucky. Back and forth, back and forth. This is great. Oh. Here we go. Boom, boom. Sorry if this is loud on my earphones, guys. Oh, yeah, use the Oh, yes. This is so great. It's loud on your end, man. Really loud. All right. It's good. Mm-hmm. Buck, stop. You're going to kill someone. Yeah, Bucky doesn't want to kill anyone. He just wants to be free. It's, it's, it's great that, well, Captain America is the lead hero, man. Bucky's the one that has this complicated journey because he's been alive since World War II. Cap slept for 70 years. Bucky's been around since then. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. Look, the bottom line is what I wanted from this movie was great Cap and Bucky stuff, and I wanted great Black Panther stuff. I got both of those things, and they tied it together, all of which makes it great. And again, dude, my dissatisfaction with Phase 3 of Marvel, Captain Marvel, Guardians... Um, of Doctor Strange, Ant-Man, like all these cosmic movies. I miss this ground level shit. This to me is way cooler than, you know, all the trippy colors of Guardians of the Galaxy and space and people, you know what I mean? Like, I just like this stuff better. I don't know. I like the Guardian shit. I mean, I don't like the main actor. He's an annoying little fuck, but everything else, the raccoon and, and the the plant thing. I'm not saying I I don't like guardians. Guardians one is one of my favorite movies period of all time. But what I'm saying is it just makes me wish they balanced it with more ground level. Dude, even in infinity war, which I gave it like a nine and a half out of 10 or something, there wasn't enough cap in black Panther. It was all like Tony and strange and Spidey in space, which was cool. But this is what I like. Oh yeah, baby. Oh man. Oh, I can't wait for the helicopter scene. Here we go. This is great. And boom. 
Here comes Panther! This is it, baby! Oh, yes! The full reveal of the Panther! Oh! Oh, yes. I love the black... I mean, dude, as cool as the comics are, the, the portrayal so far in the movie of Panther is even way cooler. This is great. By the way, this is, is before his new suit that Shuri gives him in uh, the Black Panther movie. Yeah. The thing is, it kind of gets me. It's like, in the comic books, he transforms as a panther as well. It's like, it's crazy. As one side of the story is like, he actually transformed as a panther. And then the other one's like, nah, he's just a regular with superhuman, like, strength. I also called the post-credits of this movie, but we'll get there in, t- in Wakanda. Oh, yes. Falcon. Ugh. Anthony Mackie's so good. Guys, if you haven't seen The Hurt Locker, two of the best Avengers, Jeremy Renner, a.k.a. Hawkeye, and Anthony Mackie, a.k.a. Falcon, as the leads in The Hurt Locker, the best, one of the best war movies of all time. You got to see it. Got to see it. It's great. We're gonna get we're gonna get the Hawkeye and Falcon fighting together at some point. I think. I hope. Oh yeah. People were very unclear as to why Hawkeye wasn't in more of this movie. And considering his great father daughter thing with the Scarlet Witch, I am also unclear why he wasn't more of this movie. As much as I love Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk, I would have I would take I would have less Hulk and more Hawkeye in my Avengers movies. Whatever. Here we go. This is a great scene. This is a great scene because it's a double chase. No, a triple chase. Cap's trying to get Bucky for different reasons that Black Panther's trying to get Bucky. He's different than the police. Throws him out of the car. Boom. He's going to drive. Oh, man, we're seeing Steve drive. Here we go. Dude, the Black Panther shot's coming up, man. This was the first Panther, full-on Panther shot that we had seen. Here it comes. Yes. And he jumps up, and he's on Cap's car. Now, does Cap know who Panther is? Of course not. Well, Natasha does, I think. Oh no, the, no, no, no! The reveal to the audience hasn't happened yet. I'm sorry, you're right. I'm I'm wrong. Because they try to arrest him, and they're like, "Oh, he's a prince or a king." <laughs> this is so thrilling. This is even better than what we've seen the Winter Soldier. Oh yeah, baby! Here we go. That's, oh, 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 oh. that's some like Trinity shit from the Matrix Reloaded. That's awesome. Yeah, this is way better than Matrix. I tell you that much. It's way better, but if you look at the way that the Russos do action scenes, the the highway chase in Matrix Reloaded, they steal straight up shots, which I don't care because I love the highway chase scene in Reloaded. Here we go. Here comes Falcon, being an idiot, flying into this tunnel, recklessly heroic, as I talk about with the good guys. Oh. oh, oh. Oh man, the arm! I just love the the Black Panther cat reflexes are so badass. Uh huh. So as we watch this really quickly, man, I ask you the question I should have asked you a long time ago. When you first saw this movie, did you like, love it, or otherwise? If you can remember. No, I loved it. Okay. I can't I, say I, did no, say. I, hate I did it. Say. Why, why? I don't know why would I say I hate it. It was on repeat viewings that it went from love to really like, and it sort of gone, oh, here we go. Oh, oh, man. I mean, we're less than an hour in, and we've had, like, three of the best action scenes in Hollywood history. Forget Marvel. Oh, there goes my, there goes my favorite, favorite, war machine? favorite person. Yeah, of course. I'm Dude, always, so, I always was a favorite. Um, war Machine was always my favorite. Like, Tony Stark and comic books was always a dick. 
an alcoholic, a cocky. See, guys, boy. this is exactly why Abdul is a senior contributor on the Bizzlecast because we were into Iron Man like 20 years before they made him the mainstay of the Marvel Cinematic Universe because of War Machine and Iron Man. I loved I- the only non-X-Men comic I read growing up, man, was Iron Man and War Machine. Ooh. To, 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 to put the record straight, there was a comic book when I read um, was War Machine versus Iron Man. There was a fight between Tony Stark and, and I forgot the War Machine name, his name, his main name. <laughs> but anyways, uh, <laughs> I, I can't remember his name. But anyways, I'm they sorry. both got into a fight. They both got into this. a fight with their suit. And um, yeah. War Machine beat the crap out of Iron Man, literally beats the freaking crap yeah, out of Yeah, he's more powerful than War Iron Ma- Man. Dude, yeah. how can you not love this? <laughs> First of all, they're together in the comics. A, okay? B, they have amazing chemistry. Look at this. He's trying to cook for her. He knows, he with the mind gem, everything in the universe, but a pinch of paprika he's not sure about. I mean, that's great. That's, that's a weed and stuff thing. I love it. How the hell, how the hell a cyborg can, can, can taste paprika? I don't understand. No how one dislikes you, Wanda, he says. Thanks. People go, oh, the Scarlet Witch gets less of an accent between Ultron, this movie, and the current movies. I'm like, yeah, you know who else doesn't have an accent that should have one? The Black Widow, who they explain away in Avengers where they say, I thought you were Russian, and she says, I used to be. You know what? A brilliant woman like the Scarlet Witch would start to try and have an American accent as quick as possible. That's how people function in the real world, right? You come to America, and and for better or worse, people try and get you know lessen their accent. Well, Black plus Widow we don't want our sorry. Accent. Plus we don't want our lead actors and actresses wasting months of their life trying to imitate an accent that makes no difference. Yeah, but Black Widow should still have like a, an accent. You know what I mean? Like seriously. No, I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying this is even way more subtle and believable than the Widow thing. Is what I'm saying. Yes, I agree. Here it is. Here it is, dude. We have to talk about the mind, Jim. We have to talk about the mind stone. So Ultron created Vision 95% with the Korean doctors, right? And then they took them, put the Jarvis Matrix inside, got rid of the Ultron bits, put the mind gem in. Well, no, Ultron had already put the mind gem in, and that's what makes him the Vision. Hmm. Were you fully understanding and on board with the Infinity Stone stuff at this point? Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. This I did not see coming, Abdiel. I did not see Vision early on, if at all, going Team Stark. But it... Oh, uh oh. That's the... He's acting like a man to a young woman, right? I mean... uh, He thinks he's protecting her. And I love that even though they love each other, they still pick their sides. How how do they not have chemistry? People, you're idiots. The, the show between these two is going to be hilarious. It's going to be the paprika stuff. It's not going to be all super serious. It's going to be great. I don't understand how an android could have feelings. Did you see uh, Elizabeth Olsen with Jeremy Renner in Wind River? No. A spectacular performance by both of them. Oh, man, Bucky. So, in case you're living under a rock, if you're a Super Marvel fan, or if you're just a casual fan, I will tell you that even when Winter Soldier came out in 2014, we knew that Sebastian Stan was on a nine-movie deal with Marvel. So, Abdil, in the comics, Bucky becomes Cap. We knew Chris Evans wasn't going to stay Cap forever. You hear Sebastian Stan, his nine-movie deal, comes back to life as the Winter Soldier. 
it's easy to put together that he's going to be cap at some point, right? Right, but you know Falcon is going to be capped, right, too, right? Yeah, and Mac is on a long deal, too, so they can both be capped. Yeah. I think it would make That's more crazy. sense for Bucky to be capped first um, because he goes way back know. to the Super Serum World War II days. But then True. but then Mackie being, you know, his, his mind's just always clearer, even after Winter Soldier is healed. I think he gives it up to Falcon, and Falcon actually becomes the longer-term cap. Like, I think we're yeah. getting Bucky as Cap sooner, but I think we're going to get Anthony Mackie Falcon as Cap longer, if that makes sense. That does make sense. Hey, buddy, between you off mic, are you doing okay? Yeah, I'm doing great. Awesome. Um, Bilbo Baggins. Oh, God, Bilbo Baggins. So people don't understand that he's uh, William Hurt's son. Oh, God. The Rosses. <clears throat> By the way, dude, I, you know, yeah. I, I know you don't listen to my podcast, but I, I've, I did an extended podcast talking about how Black Panther is a reverse heart of darkness where you have a white colonizer, a.k.a. this guy, go into Africa thinking it's going to be primitive and then realizing that he's the primitive one and that they're way advanced, right, when you watch Black Panther. But what's great is even though they give him a hard time for being a dumb colonizer in Black Panther, they bring him to their side and then he becomes totally loyal with the Black Panther team. I, you people, It's not just having a token white guy. First of all, the fact that they have a token white guy in Black Panther by itself, you have to admit, is brilliant. They have a token British white guy. He's still well. He's supposed no. That's just because of his bad accent. He's American. He's William Hurt's son. He's uh, Ross. He's a Ross. He's CIA. It, his oh, accent gets much better in um uh in Black Panther with with Andy Serkis. So you have Gollum and Bilbo Baggins going against each other in in Black Panther. It's hilarious. Jesus, that's so funny. By the way, just to remind the listeners, this was 2016, Age of Ultron in 2015. They go to Johannesburg to figure out the vibranium situation related to Black Panther. We don't see Black Panther, but we are introduced to Ulysses Claw, played by the psychotic, with the psychotic portrayal of Andy Serkis, which is great, who loses his arm, as in the comics, who's a Black Panther villain. I think one of the only complaints of Black Panther by the nerds, man, was that they killed Ulysses Claw too early, because in the Black Panther comics, he's a constant villain, like the Red Skull with Captain America in the Black Panther. Panther comics. Yep, and you killed him way too early. Michael B. Jordan killed him. Yep. It's my time. What does he say? I'm gonna burn it all. Oh God, I love Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan holds the record of me him making me cry in everything he's ever been in. Honestly. Age of Wait, Trump can you talk about this scene? Can you talk about this scene? This last okay. attempt for Tony to get Steve, where we uh, know that not only do we know that Steve isn't going to give in to Tony's puppy dog eyes here, but Tony seems to be playing, and this is the great dramatic performance of Robert Downey Jr. He's playing it as if he knows Cap's not going to do it, but he has to try in his mind, right? Mm-hmm. Mm, look at Cap. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the Howard I mean, thing. 
This is it. They've been hinting at this forever. Tony's so jealous about the relationship between Cap and Howard Stark. They've been hinting at this jealousy going back to Avengers 1. But they finally show that how jealous Tony is about having to... Tony grew up, dude, in stories about Captain America from his dad, Howard Stark, from World War II, specifically. And that's part of his resentment and jealousy of Cap, which is I love. Yeah, he hates fucking, he hates Captain America. Captain America no, he like loves Captain icon. America, but he's jealous of how much his dad loved Cap. Yeah, because he's a fucking icon. He's a legend. That's one of my favorite parts of the Winter Soldier early on where he goes to the Smithsonian and there's a Captain America exhibit. Because, dude, in the real world, it wouldn't be weird to go to the Smithsonian and have a Captain America exhibit, right? So the fact that these guys are heroes in their own universe is what sets it apart from DC. All the DC characters, for the most part, are behind cows. No one knows who they are. You know what I mean? They work at night. They're all they're all cowed. In the MCU universe, most of them, other than Spidey and a couple of them, people know who they are. I think that's much more interesting, even if that's not the nerd boy, comic boy vision. Comic boy vision. Yeah. In the DC, no one knows who the hell Here it is. they are. No one knows who's Batman. Here it is. Every time he says it, every time I want to trust you, Tony, right? This is the thing we've been talking about. Right. It's internment. Yeah. The, she's a kid. Give me a break. This is what he says to Fury at the beginning of Winter Soldier, where Fury shows him the helicarriers, and Captain America says, this isn't freedom, this is terror or something. Mm-hmm. But then what does Fury do? Do you remember in the Winter Soldier? After Cap gives him a hard time about the helicarriers and how big brother they're getting. The very next scene, Nick Fury goes into his private room and starts monitoring communications in his own organization because he knows Cap's right. Mm-hmm. Which leads to him almost getting murdered by Bucky. Yeah. Uh, Sharon Carter. Full body beauty. Love it. Anthony Mackie's checking her out. I never noticed that before. <laughs> yeah. On your left. On your left. On your left. <laughs> mm. I love this. This is great. This is the last time we see them all together. They're not even supposed to be here. Sharon Carter is again breaking the rules. They've got to reward her in some future movie with Kat. She's great in this. <laughs> I agree. Thank you. And by the way, guys, I don't bring up the line because we agree on most things. We just happen to agree on most things because, well, I guess that's what friends do, right? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> or not at all. I have some friends that literally disagree with me on everything I say on these podcasts. So that's cool, too. Yeah, I, I, I give them props. I give her props on some. Okay. So can I give you a couple quick, quest- a couple quick hit questions as we go th- get to this scene? Um, sure. First question. Original six Avengers, Avengers one, okay, Joss Whedon, first Avengers, original six, Cap, Thor, Hulk, Iron Man, um, uh, Natasha, and Clint, uh, aka Hawkeye. Those six, in the movies, not in the comic books, in the movies, your personal favorite of the original six Avengers, because we're going to see a lot of them in the new movie. Um, Hawkeye is freaking badass. God, I love you. Guys, I okay, swear okay. I'm not paying off Abdil. I swear it. And by the way, dude, okay. it's, not, it's not a coincidence that ScarJo and Hawkeye are up front in the new trailer. 
Hot guy is my badass dude. He's like, I like Hot Guy when he came out in comic books. He was kind of like War Machine, a young black War Machine with like wings and a pretty badass tech. Mm-hmm. I forgot it was this early with the mind, th- the Russia trigger thing. <laughs> Unlike Stardust, which is the very end of the movie, this is quite early. Ben Zemo. Dude, I would love to see. Oh, I think they're going to bring Ben Zemo in if they don't kill him off. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert. The con- confrontation between Black Panther and Zemo at the end of the movie, I think, is way cooler and more interesting than the supposed main fight between Tony uh, Cap and Bucky Bull. We'll get there. Uh-huh. And totally sells the Black Panther character that not only does he change his mind about killing Zemo, but he prevents Zemo from murdering himself so that he can go on trial. Mm. Certainly not Brooklyn. By the way, guys, Cap is not from Brooklyn in the comics. He's from the Lower East Side, but that's fine. Lower East Side, he's like from the Bronx. Or well, no, because the Lower East Side was the Brooklyn of the 1940s. I mean. Oh, yeah. Not Coney Island, not Staten Island, not the Queens. Dude, in the in the Avengers trailer, does the Statue of Liberty in Staten Island look weird to you, or is it just me? To me, it looks Uh, really bizarre. I don't know. I know you don't have a ton of time, and I I love you being on my podcast. But if you get a chance to listen to my prediction podcast at some point. I would be very interested what you think of some of them. All right, here we go. He's triggered. Now he's the Winter Soldier again. He speaks the magic words in Russian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this movie's so good, I've actually not had it in full screen for a while now. I haven't even noticed. Soldier? Right. Ready to comply. Ugh. So I knew that the Black Panther people were going to have to cure him because they'd be the only ones. But I, I do love that we do get in the post-credits. Because that's the full reveal of Wakanda. We'll get there. There we go. Yeah. Lots of civilians or good guys who may or may not be dead. Very Marvel. No blood. Get up. Mm. Hey, Abdil, go ahead and talk for 30 seconds. I'm putting myself on mute, okay? All right, go for it. What do we got here? Situation report. Sit rep. Are you a Battlestar Galactica guy? Have we talked about this? Are you a Battlestar guy? Um, yeah, I like the new stuff. That's what I mean. But yeah. uh, I like the new stuff, Battlestar Galactica. I like the new stuff. But the old stuff was like, uh. No, no, no. It was a lot. It's a different series, yeah. Yeah, a little different series. But no, I'm think, talking uh, about Eddie Almost, Mary McDonald, Katie Sankoff, et cetera. Yes, 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 I do like those. All right, here we go. 
It's so sad to see Bucky triggered because we know what a sweet guy he is. Uh, here's the watch. Everyone was excited yeah. about this. Yeah, oh, yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, uh-oh. Oh, man. It's so great to see Tony fight hand-to-hand as Tony. Right? He's such a pussy. <laughs> the more I watch this movie, man. Oh, here's Sharon Carter fighting. By the way, there's 150 to 200 cuts in this extended scene, which was Ooh. both a credit and it. Oh, man. Oh, Scarlet with the legs. She uses everything. She's so small, but oh, no. Oh, man. There's so many cuts. Doesn't bother me. I love the cuts and shaky cam. This looks better than Born or almost anything like it. Damn, dude. I mean, I love Matt Damon, but Marvel's got like at least five or six guys who fight better than Matt Damon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, including this guy. Yes. This is my favorite. My favorite shot in the movie. My favorite. This is it. T'Challa fighting as T'Challa, not as Black Panther. My favorite part of the movie. Right here. There's the ring. Yeah. Uh, he can almost hold it. We had to see, and we see this in Black Panther, you know, during his coronation where he has to fight competitors. He has to be able to fight as himself without the Black Panther. Stop. Yeah, but he he didn't do so great against his um um the other guy. He didn't do very good against Michael B. Jordan because Michael B. No, Jordan Michael B. has Jordan the blood but didn't take the poison. Oh, you're talking about Mbaku. Yeah. Mbaku, man. Yeah, if you listen to my commentary, yeah. I talk about why he almost lost the Mbaku fight and why he lost the Michael B. Jordan fight. There's narrative and comic-y reasons why that happened, which has to do with him hating having to go through it and not being fully committed to those fights. It's more complicated than that. Oh, here we go. We saw a bit of the shot in the trailer. I mean, talk about a love for someone. By the way, dude, Cap gets more powerful in every movie. Avengers 1, Winter Soldier, Ultron, this. He literally gets more powerful in every movie. I don't care. You have to do it. He's the leader of the team. Oh, watch this. This is true love here. I know. Oh, yes. Oh, look at Chris Evans. Oh, oh Bucky even consents it. Oh, man. Dude, I think I, I think love the Avengers. Cap- when Captain America gets old, he gets way stronger. It would Captain make sense, Punk. though, that it would take some years coming out of the ice with training. But, it's, oh, if he's going to keep up with Thor and Iron Man and the Hulk, he has to be strong. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you read um, Old Cap. Old Cap American. That's pretty cool. (laughs) What I love is Sebastian Stan is winter soldiered up here in terms of being brainwashed. But if you look in, excuse me, if you look in his eyes, there's still a bit of recognition. It's not full mind control like Winter Soldier, which I think was important because we didn't want to go through that again. We had to be able to turn him back to Bucky at some point in this movie. For sure. I love when Cap sees Bucky and Wakanda in Infinity War, and he says, like, you know, what's going on, buddy? Looking good. And Bucky's just like, yep, not bad for the end of the world or something like that with a grin on his face. They're like, yes! <laughs> oh, he's listening to his, his family. Oh, so he's the Sokovia thing, too. I mean, Joss Whedon, people crush Age of Ultron for stupid reasons and some reasons that are fine, but this entire movie is predicated on the events of Ultron. Nobody talks about it. I don't understand. But yeah, as I everyone think, knows, I'm a Joss Whedon worshiper, so. I think this, gonna, this guy's going to come back alive, seriously. Either that or he, he dies or his family's going to, or his, um, his son's going to come back and avenge him. Just okay, like in man. The comics. Do you remember where we saw this scene? Yeah. Post credits of? 
You remember? Uh, Ant Man. Oh, uh, yeah. Which was yeah, the movie yeah, right yeah. before this one. We saw this right here, starting right here. This was the scene we saw. So we knew that they were going to get Bucky, and they look on, they could tell that they were on the run, and they have Bucky. Which mm-hmm. Bucky? Yeah. Okay, this is the best dramatic performance in the movie. It goes to Sebastian Stan. Your mom's name was Sarah. You used to wear newspapers in your shoes. He's laughing. Yeah, I can't read that music. <laughs> yeah. Anthony Mackie, voice of reason. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I knew this would happen. It's a thing. The thing is, is Cap would feel bad for this guy, even if it wasn't his best friend, right, Abdeel? Because of who Cap is, and it makes it even worse, it's his best friend. Yeah, Cap is like, Cap is like Superman. Oh, he's way more interesting and cool than Superman, but whatever. Yeah, he's like a Boy Scout. First of all, he's a human. He can't yeah. be killed. He's way more dimensional. Well, he he has personal attachments that make more sense. He's not an alien. Yeah, I, I, like, one thing I did like about the Captain Marvel movie, man, um, interpretation, is that oh, here's the second Starks getting killed by Bucky. Uh, I think there's another one after this. Here we go. Right, he hits it, boom, goes off the road. They did that practically in one shot. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, Wonder Woman's way more interesting than Su- Superman because even though she's descended from gods, it's still Earth. Or True. Aquaman. Here it comes. Super Serum. So, dude, have you heard the uh, Bucky Cat Peggy alternate universes theory for the no. new movie? Which is that in one of the alternate universes, Bucky becomes Cap, and he's the one that goes into the ice and then wakes up with Nick Fury, and that's how we get Bucky as a Winter Soldier in a parallel universe. And then Steve Rogers and uh, Peggy end up together. It's very sweet. There's no way they're going to waste their time on that, as sweet as that is. Mm. But it would explain how Bucky becomes Captain America without them like literally passing the shield, if that makes sense. There we go. This movie's great. The more I watch this movie, dude, the more I realize the airport battle is the only thing I dislike about this film, but we're not there yet. Fight Club. Yeah. First rule, Fight Club. Damn, that's good. Is Fight Club both Edward Norton and Brad Pitt's best performances? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I like it. Because I don't always like both those guys, but in that movie is amazing. Oh, they're Damn, all, they're all yeah. revolting. This is an X-Men thing, right? This is like Deadpool 2 or some of the X-Men movies. Yep. Yeah. If they could just make the X-Men movies as good as Captain America's The War, I, oh. Oh, look at Steve Rogers. So hot. Steve Rogers so hot right now. Steve Rogers. Here we go. More kills. That was before the serum. So he was a murderer before the serum. Worse. Ugh. Hmm. Arnold's wants some freaking badass soldiers. You got it. There's, there's literally, dude, forget race, age, whatever, gender. There's only a handful of characters that could pull off what Anthony Mackie has, which was well, not only did he jump on Cap's side as soon as he could in The Winter Soldier, Cap tried to tell him not to, and he says, if Captain America needs your help, that's all you need to hear, basically. 
and, and, and even way more than Natasha, obviously, is so loyal, but he still manages to be complex and have his own voice. He's not just parroting everything Cap says, but you know mm. what I mean? There's not that many actors that could pull that off and still be a sexy badass like Anthony Mackie. <laughs> hey, right, here's Natasha already questioning them. What happens when the shooting starts? I love her. Yeah. I love Scarlett Johansson. But I've been on the Scarlett Johansson train for, you know, since she started acting. Yeah, she's great. I just don't, I didn't like her as Ghost in the Shell. As what? In Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, that wasn't her fault. Although I like, I yeah. like the movie more than most, but that's fine. Uh, uh, yeah, I like the movie as the, as the CGI. Just the writing was a little bit off. Agreed. Like Lucy, you can say the same about Lucy. Lucy has ups and downs, but she plays the assassin, complicated assassin character great. That's why the Black Widow yeah. rated R movie is what we all want. Yeah. <laughs> he's having, oh my god, he's having imaginary physical problems because he's never fought hand to hand before, right, Tony Stark? Yeah. He still needs some more practice. We're understaffed. Right. So here's the thing, man. So you know how one of the cool things about Rogue One, when you first see the movie, you think that they're Rogue One because they're going rogue against the Empire. But really they're Rogue One because they're going rogue against the Rebellion who are too much pussies to do what needs to be done, right? He says, what's your call sign, Rogue Rogue One? So they're rogues against the, the rogues even. And I think they try and do a similar thing with Team Stark in this movie, but it's a little bit more subtle because he is trying to balance both sides. Uh, here we go. The introduction of Tom Holland as Peter Parker. And while they mishandle Marissa Tomei, like everything, and Spider-Man Homecoming, boo, bad movie. Spider-Man Homecoming, sorry, guys. Tom Holland's amazing. I love Marissa Tomei. She's so sexy and cool. This is great. This is one of my favorite scenes in any Marvel movie. Go ahead, buddy. Oh, my God. Look how sexy she is. Oh my god. You can tell immediately her and Robert Downey Jr. have chemistry. <laughs> Damn, she's hot. She's so hot. She's Damn. Yo. And then he's flirting with her because she's hot. And she's flirting with him because he's Tony Stark, but also because it could help her, her nephew, which is so sweet. Look at her. Yo, she is such a hot They milk. mishandled Not her bad. so badly in Homecoming that these three are great in this movie. And it doesn't come together yeah. in Homecoming. I'm sorry. It, this is great. Yeah. What did I play for? Yeah. This is, you know what? Of the non-tragic drama, or action drama stuff of this movie, this is the best thing of the movie. This is amazing. She is so hot. And, and I could literally, I, I want Tom Holland in every Avengers movie, even if I don't love or see some of the Spider-Man movies. I want him in every Avengers movie. Here we go. Oh, this is it. You, you go ahead, because you know way more about Spidey and like Spidey way more than me. Talk about this. As the or, This is the origin story. There, this is why Homecoming didn't need an origin story. This is the origin story. Sorry. <laughs> well, He's a Mac Apple too. Yeah, he's, he's a poor kid. I mean, seriously. <laughs> uh oh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. So, yep. Does, home, does Homecoming all take place after this movie? I forget. I'm not sure. I can't remember much. <laughs> Homecoming. He's blaming it on fake YouTube. Oh, here it comes. Mm-hmm. This is great. Tony's so smart. Here it comes. 
Damn, Tony. Look, the bottom line is, if this movie did nothing other than Cat Bucky romance and the introduction of Black Panther and Spider-Man, it would have succeeded, right? Right. <laughs> Spider-Boy. Spider-Man. Oh. <laughs> Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, thank you for your service. You are not Spider-Man. This is Spider-Man right here, my people. Right. And no, by the way, the he's kid. English with a flawless American accent. Even though actors like Benedict Cumberbatch have had trouble with American accent, this kid from London nailing the Brooklyn accent. Yeah, I mean, it was like two days. Okay, the first Spider-Man sucked. The second one was cool. He was way too cool. Oh, I'm not saying Spider-Man. the movies aren't good and or okay. I'm saying no, I'm this is the, the actors, best Spider-Man. Though. No, no, I'm talking about the actors. Okay, the one with the... With the the skateboard, he was way too cool for the Spider-Man. I liked him. He Garfield. did his own stuff. Yeah. Yes, Garfield's cool. I liked him. I agree. But he was way too I like cool. the first Amazing way, Spider-Man. Yeah. He was way too cool. This kid, he, this kid was dorky, sarcastic, yep. you know, annoying little Here's shit. the problem. I, I agree with him. you. I love him. I agree I with you. Him. Garfield, in general, in real life, is way too cool, and it just bled through. I agree with you. Um uh, but I liked him and Emma Stone in the first Amazing Spider-Man. The problem with Tobey Maguire, in retrospect, is that he's a nerd, but not in the correct way, if that makes sense. Yeah, like, exactly. Tobey Maguire is just, just like a, a general nerd. Now, this kid is like a nerd in the Marvel way, and they recognize it immediately. And by the way, dude, as someone who tutors and teaches high school-aged girls, they think this kid is hot. I mean, the exact age group that the Spider-Man Homecoming movie is supposed to be for, you know, chicks think Tom Holland as Spider-Man's hot, which I just love. I mean, who saw that coming? I know, right? I was like, hold on. You think that nerd is hot? Like, really? Oh, yeah. He looks super young here, but when you see him in Spider-Man Homecoming with his shirt off, ladies love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. You know what? I, I give him props. He's a really good dancer. That guy is a really good dancer. He, he's freaking phenomenal, and he does his he does his stunts really good. He's a great stunts. I think he what he's a what, uh, ballerina or something like that, or I don't know, like not too sure. But he's good. He's really good. All right, I give your him, quick, I give him 10, 10. your quick sixty to ninety second review of Spider Man Spider Verse movie. Go. Uh, Spider Verse, uh, the cartoon or the movie? The movie that we saw together. Um, if they took away Spider Pork, and no, forget whole, about the side characters. You know, like as a full movie overall, what did you think of Spider Verse? Ten for ten. Yeah, I would give a nine out of ten just because I'm not a Spidey guy, but it was spectacular, and I can't wait to watch it again. God bless Haley Steinfeld, the guy who played Miles Morales, and most of the main characters. Yeah, ten for ten for that. Ten for ten for that, and um. Um, if they took away those two, those two characters. By the way, just for the record, even though Haley Steinfeld's been nominated for numerous Academy Awards, made a ton of money of Bumblebee, which has already been not, uh, uh, greenlit for a uh, second movie. She's been she has an international pop star career as Taylor Swift's buddy sell, with best selling records and song. The thing she continues to talk about on her social media with her tens of media, millions of followers is Spider Verse. Even though she's not personally winning the awards that the movie's winning, that's the thing she's most proud of. What? How far have we come? Oh, yeah, baby! Woo! Sorry. God, I love these two. This, the city's flying. There's an army of robots, and I have a bow and arrow, and I don't know what the fuck is going on. But you go out there, and you fight to kill. You're an Avenger. Boom. Boom.
Age of Ultron. Love it. Mm. Here it comes. Dude. Oh, here's the first tease of... Oh, dude, I forgot this. This is the tease of Infinity War. That she can do this, what's coming up. Dude, right? That she can do this division is a tease of her holding off uh, Thanos. Yeah. Hawkeye, Hawkeye's under... under, under like under talk and not really I mean I'm biased but. because Renner's two best lead roles ever in the Wind River with Elizabeth Olsen their co-leads um he, but he's the lead and in uh the Hurt Locker with Anthony Mackie which I mentioned where he's the lead as the crazy bomb guy who has no fear of disarming bombs in Iraq and so forth yeah. are two of my top 10 to 20 movies of the 21st century and so I'm biased and loving Renner plus I love Hawkeye in both the first two Avengers movies yeah, but Hawkeye, Hawkeye was not really gave much credit in a lot of comic books. I'm talking about comic book wise. He's because like the movie really version's not- better, and nerds hate that. That's what's going on. Yeah. Oh, look at her fingers. Look at her sexy fingers. Look at this. She knows exactly what she's doing with these powers. Oh, because <laughs> she's from the mind gem. She's created from the gem in his head, so she can do this. Yes. Dude, this is a total tea. Do you think the Russos knew the scene with her taking the mind gem out and holding off Thanos and Infinity War three or two years later? Do you think they had that shot in mind when this happens when they did this? Oh my god! When he says "kill me" in Infinity War, right? Take the mind gem out. You have to. I give you permission. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah. We got one more stop. Ooh, what's one more stop? This, this is totally Avengers 3, and Infinity War is Avengers 4, and Endgame's Avengers 5. I'm sorry, people. This is Avengers 3, not even 2.5. Yes! Dora Milaje. Oh. <laughs> Thing is, I knew all, I, all this lore, man, when watching this film. I knew nobody else did, but people were enjoying it, so I was, I was cool. Right. See, I thought these two were flirty in this movie, which I thought was interesting. Here we go. Oh, yeah. God, Sharon Carter. I'm sorry, people. You are sexist out there. You hate Jane Foster. You hate the relationship between Banner and Natasha. You hate. This is great. What's it? Can you move the seat up? No. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'm really going to. I'll stop bashing nerd boys for hating female characters. Whatever. You know I don't who know you are. I, I love female characters. They're, they're great. It's just the nerds are just hating on them so badly. Natalie Portman in the first Thor movie, when she's a major character and written for well, is hilarious and so sweet. I love the first Thor movie with Thor and Earth. Like, wait until, wait until they bring um, Hulk um, cousin in the oh, mix. They have such good chemistry. Oh, my God. It's so sexy. This is the sexiest Marvel kiss ever, I think. Oh, my God. He kisses her like he would have kissed Peggy Carter and vice versa. Yeah. If you're listening this long, guys, you probably have listened to my podcast and you know, I don't stand for this stuff. But, dude, it's not just me defending female characters. <laughs> I have that gif. I have that gif of them nodding to the kiss. Oh, my God. Look at that car. Oh, this is great. Look at that car. Can you move your seat up? No. Me and my dad were dying in the theater with these three. Look at these guys. Here we go. Dude, everyone's better. I'm counting this as an Avengers movie with them about to say, man. Everyone's better in the Avengers or the Cat movies. Everybody. 
Even people who are good in their own movies, like Ant-Man, are better in these movies, in my opinion. Yeah, Ant-Man, I love Ant-Man. Ant-Man was funny. Ant-Man is <laughs> Paul Rudd. Dude, I grew up on Paul Rudd from Wet Hot American Summer. I can't believe he's Ant-Man. And they might be going yeah, to... Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> Here it is. He you need the fanboy act. stuff. I lo- Captain America, Mr. Lang. Yeah. The, the actor who who's done playing that man, I, I give. It I know you're too. You're great, Elizabeth Olsen's trying not to die laughing. There's a lot of Elizabeth Olsen trying not to laugh in in these movies. These guys crack her up. Uh, Tic tac. Oh yeah, that's the scene from Ant-Man. Of uh, yeah, yeah, and never happen again. Uh huh. Uh huh. And, dude, this plays straightforward because he gets locked down as Ant-Man for Ant-Man 2, and then we're going to come out of the Quantum Zone and the Avengers. Like, they really were setting up stuff in this movie. There's no way any of us could tell. <laughs> Here yeah, it comes. So here's my big problem, dude. I'm going to get out of the way, and then you can talk about anything. The problem with the airport battle is none of them want to kill each other, and they're making jokes during it. And so it's just a big set piece of fighting when none of them are really trying to take the other ones down. And so there's just a big display of special effects that doesn't lead to anything other than Rhodey's accidental paralysis. Sorry. You're right. By the way, War Machine suit in every movie looks better than Iron Man's suit. And it's not even close. Look at it. It's of way course. better. Of course. Iron Man suit's way too shiny. They got to scuff it up. It's like the, it's like the spaceships in the prequels versus the original movies. You got to scuff up the ships. Yeah, Tony Stark always wants shiny freaking suits. That's the thing. That's a, that's a good like, character point. You're right. That's that's how he is. He's like, his whole gimmick is to be flashy and shiny and Mm-hmm. And I love it. I love how he just tried to pull. Can you help a brother out with Rhodey right there? <laughs> <laughs> and Rhodey yeah. looks at him. And, oh man! Like really? No, dude. Can you help a brother out? And this is where the Natasha thing started occurring to me, man. Even on first watching, that she was inside Team Stark in order to infiltrate Underwoods. We saw this in the trailer. Who cares? It's great. I did see this on the full IMAX, by the way, where they extend the screen for the scene. It did look cool. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, Tom Holland was literally not here for anything. That's fine. <laughs> Everyone. Hey, Captain America. Yeah. You've been a complete idiot. No, you've been an idiot. A safe place. This is the best Tony Stark uh, dramatic performance until Infinity War, right? I mean, it's not even close. People thought he might have gotten nominated, actually, for the supporting actor. This was the first, like, maybe they'll nominate Robert Downey Jr. as supporting actor from this movie. Oh, they do. But I'm glad they waited until Black Panther to give all the awards. By the way, you know Ludwig Göransson, who does all the Creed uh, music and all the Black Panther music, is scoring The Mandalorian as well. You really? Yep. Uh, uh, here we go. So you've got the two fanboys. You've got the Ant-Man adult fanboy. I believe this is yours, Captain America. Oh, man. Oh, this is great. This is the thing. On repeat watching, this doesn't bother me at all. Lack of stakes in this fight because it is hilarious. I'm going to put this full screen. Go ahead, Abdul. No, no, no. I'm going I'm to get in there. I'm coming back downstairs to watch it. Oh, there it is. There it is. Yep, there it is. 
So, dude, by making Kosa the language of Wakanda, everyone who wasn't actually an African, who was African-American, playing an African in Wakanda could listen to Nelson Mandela and Winnie Mandela and other famous, you know, uh, Archbishop Tutu, famous South American people, South African people, excuse me, to get an accent that sounds realistic. I respect that, you know? That makes way more sense to me. Yeah, that does. Especially as someone who's lived in Botswana in South Africa, where I've heard heard this stuff a ton. Yeah, yeah. they're not language they're just keeping it i mean look after seeing the russos in, in infinity war I, it's all hard for me to criticize them in anything because at the time oh abdeel i've mentioned this in my intro and i mentioned this in my other podcast but i don't know if you and i have talked about this even at the time this appeared oh here we go this appeared to be a ramp up to infinity war like they were experimenting with huge superhero battles leading to infinity war but in retrospect it was the right thing to do and it was the infinity war is worth it god i love paulson yeah sorry (laughs) 2018 shot 18 (laughs) Uh, Damn. Hawkeye's gonna be so good in the new movie. There's actually way oh, more wow. love for Hawkeye than I expected. Oh. Yeah, that's good. Hawkeye, <laughs> Hawkeye doesn't get much credit. Nice. There goes Spider Man. I love this guy. Just a little more. But I'm saying, you and I love Hawkeye, but I was surprised watching fan reactions how many people were excited about so much Hawkeye and Natasha in the final movie. Nice. <laughs> it's excited. like Budapest all over again. You and I have very different memories of Budapest. <laughs> <laughs> that says it all. Spider Man. Yes, yes, Spider Man. Oh, fuck. I, I was showing my nephew some Spider Man comics the other day. Yeah, that's the only line that says, like, this is more serious than it looks. That's okay. Spider-Man. Can, can you tune your sound down a t- just a tad for the action scene? Uh, <laughs> you couldn't have done that earlier. I hate you. I love Falcon and Bucky, dude. Oh, man. Oh, it's great. <laughs> it's fantastic. When I scream, I'm trying to take my mic off. I apologize if it distorts. Here we go. Oh, here comes the Empire Strikes Back reference coming up. I can't wait. Oh. That looks totally fake. Who cares? I can't believe Paul Rudd's a superhero. He's a short Jewish kid from Kansas who's actually a nerd. I can't believe he's an Avenger. It's unbelievable. No, give him props on that, dude. Ant-Man. As a short Jewish nerd from the East Coast, not from Kansas, but otherwise similar to Paul Rudd's background, it, it, it is pretty amazing. Actually, ScarJo is Jewish as well. Here it comes. So, okay, people, uh, um, I'm sorry. MDL, people's biggest problem with the vision is not the, rela- the relationship. People's biggest problem with the vision is that they never explained what his powers are, and it doesn't seem like he's fully used his powers ever. Do you agree, disagree, or otherwise? I think they don't really talk about his powers at all. But does it like bother you do- is the question. No, it kind of does. It does. Okay, yeah, so does. here it is. I need a little more background. Give me a little or like story background about him or something. You so know? this is six for six. 
The Rogue One team is six. The original Avengers are six. The Dungeons and Dragons party is six. I mean, six is always the number. It was a beautiful thing for them to get six for six. It's always what the, the party, uh, uh, the quote-unquote D&D type party looks like. A six for six. Here we go. And Scarlet uh, Witch, oh my god, just watch the Scarlet Witch. Dude, I'm going to have know to watch what? Ultron after this. The final battle of Sokovia yeah. and Ultron is spectacular. You know what? Um, Deadpool says it says it pretty well about this movie. Um, the comic books has a lot of superheroes, and it's only this much people fighting, and which brought up a lot of like this. Questions. I never believe. I never believe this. We're still friends, right? Right. And this dude, this summarizes the lack of stakes in this fight. My problem with it that these two would fight each other. Makes no sense. Makes no sense that Hawkeye and ScarJo would fight. Other than my infiltration theory, which was that she's really working for Team Cap on her own from the other side the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't kill your father, then why did you run? Says Blood Panther. Uh, so what I was saying about this movie, what Deadpool was talking about it and his movie, it's like comic book reference is like yeah in this in the comic books there was like a bunch of superheroes fighting each other and a bunch of x-men team fighting with with amongst the civil war and and look what we have here we have a only six versus six that was very subtle by the way where captain america tries to turn spider-man and spider-man says stark said you'd say that which means stark not only gave him a new suit and told him what was happening but prepared him for captain what captain america was going to try to do which is what cap does with everyone which is turn him to his side right which is very devious on tony's part but makes total sense here we go oh yeah baby here we go it's like cheer with the light bow boom By the way, dude, I've been calling Endgame Rogue 2 because everyone's going to (laughs) die. I think all the original six other than Thor and Hulk are dead. Boom. Mm Mm-hmm. That you're wrong. You think you're right? Right. Makes you dangerous. God, he's... He's already smarter as a much younger and more believable Spider-Man, dude. Tom Holland. He's already also... Oh, yes. We need to see the Spider-Man strength. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is fun. Queens. Brooklyn. Yes. It's like Nas versus Jay-Z, right? (laughs) Yeah. Right? Am I right about that? Yeah. Nas is is Queens. Jay-Z is Brooklyn. It's your conscience. We don't talk a lot these days. One of my favorite movies in any any movie. Oh man, that's great. Uh-oh. This is the best Ant-Man stuff. This Ant-Man stuff is better than anything in I Ant-Man love, movies. I love Ant-Man. He's great. The nerds love Paul Rudd and Ant-Man. Every nerd fan reaction I watched of the Avengers trailer, they were so pumped that Ant-Man's a major character. Okay. Really quick question, man, about the predictions with a new trailer when they're walking in the Mass Effect-style Quantum Zone suits at the end in the Avengers hangar. Are they walking to Carol Danvers' spaceship, or are they going into the Quantum Zone with Ant-Man? Uh, I think they're going into the spaceship. I agree with you, but by the end of my predictions, I was starting to come up with some theories about the Quantum Zone. It might be both. Here we go. Uh, this is where we see Giant Man for the first time, right? Yep. And then this is when they arrest his ass, and he's uh, <laughs> they arrest his ass, and now uh, he's um. 
he, he's he he's uh, collared. Is that what they call it? He's collared. Yeah, he's collared, and uh... the cop characters in Ant Man Two were very funny, and I, I always love uh, Michael Pena. Oh, here yeah, we go! Is. Oh. I love it. <laughs> oh yes. I don't know, man. For me, if it's a character that people like that I'm not crazy about, like Spidey or Ant Man, you put him in an Avengers scenario, I'm all in. <laughs> Tic Tac. Give me back. Aww. I think it's the other. I don't think Rhodey's in the new movie just because he's the only black guy. I think he's in it because Tony needs one loyal friend in the final, you know, bit. I also think Rhodey will take over as Iron Man, it seems like. I don't know. No, I mean, Rhodey was. Where's Vision been the whole time? Like, this doesn't even make sense. Vision is a big display of power, makes a big speech, and then we don't see him. Oh, here we go. <laughs> yep, this is comparative power stuff, man. This is exactly the Thor Cap Iron Man battle from Avengers on a huge scale. I do like how his voice gets lower and slower as he gets big, is great. Oh, here we go. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, uh, dude, Rhodey with Rocket in the trailer? Holy shit. By the way, do you know that in the new Captain Marvel comics that the movie is based on, Rhodey and Captain Marvel are like seriously together, like really, really serious? Rhodey and Captain Marvel? Yeah. Carol Danvers, since 2012, on and off, very seriously, Captain Marvel and Rhodey are very serious. And it's her that puts off the relationship because she's having maturity problems. But he loves her and she loves him in the comics, the recent comics. Yeah. I always thought it was... um... They're both military people. Um, I mean, they met in the Air Force. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was going to say earlier, I like that the people who don't know anything about Captain Marvel thought she was an alien for most of the movie and only realized she was human late in the film. It was, it was a cool reveal, even though I knew it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get off. Oh, man. Boom, vision. Okay. It's not the level 10 Omega strength, but it's pretty good. So, from a straight filmmaking perspective, oh, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> oy, oy vey. They could have gotten into the Quinjet scene much quicker. Who cares? Look at the Scarlet Witch holding it for them. Oh, my God. She's so powerful. Oh, God. I love Scarlet Witch. She's a brilliant actress, and I definitely called it. Here it is. She was never gonna. She was never gonna do it. Yep. She was never gonna do it, man. I'm telling you, ScarJo from the beginning. This is the reason she implanted herself in Team Stark for exactly this moment. She's that smart. She she's the smartest of all of them. Is Natasha? No. Oh, he just. I'm sorry. I missed the Empire Strikes Back reference. You know that, when they say that Star Wars movie from the '80s was he say? <laughs> on the snow planet? Yeah. The walking thingies. <laughs> and they know that he's talking about the the adats, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Damn, shrink yourself. He should have shrunk himself. Smack. 
So even though I don't like it as much as most people, Lucas has said that doing the Hoth battle was more, way more complicated and expensive than either the Return of the Jedi final battle or the Star Wars fi- New Hope final battle. That was the hardest and most expensive was Hoth. <laughs> Orange slices, yeah. Oh, man. I think Lucas directed at least one episode of The Mandalorian, dude. He's credited with uh, on all the episodes. This is okay. You did great. Go home, kid. Yep. It, like I said earlier, I like that they're mostly not masked crusaders, but Spidey's the one and totally still makes sense to be hidden, obviously. Mm-hmm. I'm not... I'm not uh. <laughs> nice job, Tom Holland. Nice job. <clears throat> uh, look at Natasha. She's so cold-blooded. I love her. Yes. I mean, dude, let me ask you this hypothetical question. Give me an actress not Scarlett Johansson that could have pulled off all of these complicated, demanding uh, Black Widow performances. I I don't know who else could have done it. And don't say Jennifer Lawrence because she's not as good. Damn. Um, Who's that lady who did G.I. Jane? Demi Moore? No. Demi Moore or... um... I meant from this lifetime. <clears throat> no, but that's that's uh, fine. That's fine. Yeah, Sarah that's Michelle Geller could have in her heyday. Yeah. Um, Buffy could have done it. Gina Torres from Firefly could have done it. True. Firefly, this yeah. was yeah. See, I didn't Ooh, like this. Yeah. I didn't like that this was the stakes all of a sudden that wrote, but the way it happened and Vision misses really makes you question Vision's power level. I think that's why people are so confused. Yeah. Is it just because, can I ask you, do you think Vision missed in a, in a weird way because of his concern over the Scarlet Witch? He's sort of acting irrationally, even for an android? It's like a, oh, no. Yeah, he, he's acting on emotion. Dude, Rhodey's, yeah. ma- I don't care if you like or don't like or aren't sure about the Mass Effect outfits in the Avengers trailer. Rhodey's giant one with the lights looks fucking amazing. I'm sorry. That thing looks bad fucking ass. I think it's cool. I, lo- I love them. But I am not sure. I thought they were teasing the Quantum Zone as fan service, even though they were spacesuits. Clearly, they're in a hangar walking towards a spaceship, which is Captain Marvel, but it would make sense if there's alternate universes that the Quantum Zone would be in effect. So I don't even know at this point. This is in the trailer, the shot right here. Him holding mm. dead Rhodey. Um, were you okay with uh, Don Cheadle replacing Terrence Howard? Uh, do you remember? The first War Machine? Mm-hmm. I was not okay with it. I was like, um, at first I liked it, the other guy. It was pretty much, uh, I was uh, used to it. I was used to the other guy at first, and I was like, yeah, he's cool. And then they replaced it with him. And I liked, it. I liked, I liked the second actor. He was great. I mean, Terrence Howard has been nominated for television and some movies, but Don Cheadle overall is a better actor and more acclaimed. Yeah, he is, he is a better actor. He is, he is I think he has better. better chemistry with both Tony and the team, although he's been in way more movies, so it's not really fair. I think the problem was, first of all, Terrence Howard was demanding Tony Stark money. He was wanted like $50 million a movie, and they told him to go fuck off. 
Um, yeah, and I agree. He's a cocky, uh, sexist asshole in real life, and Disney doesn't normally oh. like those kind of actors. And so they all. I mean, right. you should hear. Um, what's her name? Who's on Empire with him? The brilliant actress, um, uh, Taraji Henson, talking about. You know, like he's constantly like bonerizing, like during scenes with with sex scenes with the two of them. Like what she has to put up with him on TV is ridiculous. He's just not a good guy. Um, I think it was part of it. But then the other thing was they portrayed him as a cocky drunk asshole, and they're like, "Wait, Tony Stark is our cocky drunk asshole." So we kind of need like Team America guy to be Rhodey, right? And Don Cheadle, I think, fits that much better. But when you watch Ultron. And the party scene early on, he's hysterical telling war stories. And then at the end, when the helicarrier comes in to help them and Rhodey's trying to figure out what the hell's going on. I mean, Rhodey, dude, without Rhodey at the end of Ultron, they don't win that battle. I mean, I talk about right. it in my commentary. Like, Rhodey kills so many fucking robots. It's amazing in Ultron. Yeah, Don Chino. John Chino is a really good actor. I give him props for that. I, I really like him as an actor. Um uh, as a war machine, I, I think because it in depends the comics, which era. I, think, I guess you're looking at of the comics. Yeah, because yeah, in the comic books in the '90s, I will say the guy who played uh, Michael J. White. I mean, yeah, the guy who played of Spawn would be a great war machine because in the comic books, war machine was a big, cocky, like military guy. You know. So here's Tony Stark acting all betrayed by Black Widow, even though he mm-hmm. was shocked that she joined his team early on and should have seen this coming a mile away that she would betray him, you know, and be on Team Cap. And then he tells her, like, we're going to arrest you. You better get on the run. You know, I mean, God, is he an asshole? He's such a dick. The, dude, the brilliance of Tony Stark and Robert Downey Jr. In, in particular is he's constantly an asshole that you don't agree with, but you love watching because of his performances, right? I mean, Chris Evans, it's easy because you love him and you always agree with him it's not the same you know it's it's tough right oh this this shit was all weird they locked everyone up yeah so i just want to point out that even though Avengers Age of Ultron was the end of Phase 2 and ending those first two phases, and this was the beginning of Phase 3 leading towards the current Avengers movies, Joss Whedon was asked to set up multiple Infinity Stones, the Vision, Thanos, and all sorts of cosmic stuff in Avengers Age of Ultron that he didn't even want to do all the setting up and interfered with the movie at certain points. But in this movie, which is supposed to lead more directly to the final Avengers movies, they were asked to set up almost nothing other than some character thing. So, again, me, excessive Joss Whedon defense. Yes, it's true. But I do want to point that out, that Whedon was constantly being asked in the Avengers movies to set stuff up, that the Russos were not being asked to set up in the Cat movies, despite their budget and how big they were and blah, 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 blah. Does that make sense? You don't really care. Yeah, and you shouldn't. None of you should care. I'm just bitching. You guys just ignore me. Here we go. Here we go. This is it, man. I can't believe we're here already. I thought this movie was way longer, honestly. I thought this movie was way nah. longer. You know the new one's almost three hours, and they're not even trying. No, this is, like, almost done. Well, Return of the King was three and a half, and it won a bazillion Oscars, so I made one, one and a half billion dollars. So I guess people like long final movies, but this one isn't as long as I remembered. Oh, yeah, this was my other complaint. Daniel Brühl as Zemo early on is so great, and then we forget about him for such a long period because of all the fireworks 
They didn't fully develop this Dr. Zemo. I don't care if he's like the comics or he's not comic book or he's too com- Whatever your complaints are about that, that's fine. But would you agree with me that they start with this kind of interesting bad guy and then we just don't see him for a while and then boom, he's here? Yeah, and he's got, and I hope he comes back and, uh, what what movie. is your least favorite scene up to this point, or or what what scene or extended scene makes the least sense to you? I guess I should say because I've been saying a lot of them. If there's one that you would change or take out or or modify, which one would it be up to this point? Um, I mean, I wish I I really wish in the Civil War they would like have more superheroes involved. You know, more than six on six, really? Okay. Yeah, because it will. It will like make I more said, sense. they were ramping up to Infinity War. I think. Yeah, but it will. It will make more sense if they have like, you know, like in the comics, like based on the comic books, they'll have like Fantastic Four, X Men doing the. Well, whole they own it. They they, they own it now. We're gonna get X Men. Yeah, like, we're gonna get X Men in Phase Four, uh, but not. Yeah. Now. Yeah, I mean, the mutant registration, you know, like when right. Peter Parker... Well, look, we, we can bitch about that stuff. I mean, one of the things about Captain Marvel is Captain Marvel's cool, but if they owned X-Men, wouldn't you make Rogue, maybe instead of Captain Marvel, that character, you know, who steals Miss Marvel's powers in the comics and is much more interesting with her background and relationship with Gambit and the X-Men? Like, if they had everything, maybe they would make Rogue the big female, super, you know, level 10 Omega character. Oh, look how depressed... Uh, Elizabeth Olsen is, and this is great because this is the breaking down of Tony Stark's soul. That's important before the new movies. Go ahead. Right. I don't know. I'm just... But don't you agree that like, if they had had everything, there are X-Men and other characters that would have been more interesting than Captain Marvel to fit that particular role? I don't know. This is great. If you don't like Jeremy Renner, he sees all... Oh my god. Jeremy Renner is a brilliant actor. I love this. He's a great actor. He is a great actor. Great actor. He, when his family gets ashified in the movie, it's going to be heartbreaking. So, dude, I didn't know for sure that they were going to break out already at the end of this movie. But when I saw Clint in jail, because of the family stuff, I was like, okay, Cap's definitely breaking these guys out. Because even though these all these guys who are locked up equally deserve to be broken out, Scarlet Witch, everyone else, right? He's the one with a wife and kids. And so you can't leave him in jail. No, you can't. He just said it. Wife and kids. I don't understand. Right. Exactly. The wrong side. Better watch your back with this guy. Yeah, the wrong side. There's a great line in Serenity, man, the Firefly movie with Chiwetel Ejiofor and Nathan Fillion, where he, where Chiwetel Ejiofor, as the evil operative, says, "You chose the wrong side," to Malcolm Reynolds, and Nathan Fillion says, "I chose the losing side." Still not convinced it was the wrong one. Mm. That movie is as good, by the way, as any Star Trek or Star Wars movie, I, I believe. We watched it, didn't we? No, that wasn't with you. No, that was with you. When you slept yeah, there, we watched fire. Serenity. Yeah. Yes, we did. That's just, that's um, Anthony Russo, by the way. That's one of the Russo brothers, that dead guy there. Oh, okay. The directors, yeah. Can I ask you a hypothetical question? Go for it. 
with all of the epic moving parts in this movie, but especially having two giant Avengers movies back to back, do you think it's a coincidence that they would hire like a brother duo or any duo, like basically having two directors, you know what I mean? As opposed to just one dealing with the whole thing. Or do you think part of the hiring process was like, we love these guys, but there's also two of them <clears throat> so they can handle more. It's very hypothetical, but I guess it's just your thoughts about having two directors. Forget about them being brothers, two directors directing these giant movies seems to benefit them, right? Yeah, it does. He's already does turning coats. Tony's already turning coats, baby. Look, dude, I'm just going to say it now. I've had a blast doing this with you. As I predicted, this was going to be my favorite rewatch after all these years and everything we've seen, everything we've learned. Yep, here comes Iron Man suit. And the final, them punching each other is not my favorite thing. I still think both Joss Whedon Avengers movies, even and including Age of Ultron, are on another level than this. I think Avengers Age of Ultron is clearly a cooler and better movie than this but almost no one agrees with me in the nerd universe about that I don't know why I like this one man but again Joss Whedon was asked to do all this setting up and oh here we go sorry I gotta shut up shut up Bizzle shut up you remember that time we had to ride back right you're talking about Rockaway Beach in Brooklyn uh huh god this is the sweetest bromance ever. Dude, that's the thing, man. Tony Stark isn't only jealous about Cap with his dad. He's also jealous about Cap's bromance with Bucky, which is really interesting. Aww. He wants to be Cap's main man squeeze. <laughs> I think. But I also of the belief that men who are very close as friends and very physical with each other that you can have some sort of, you know, gay aspects to your relationship. Look at the way they're looking at it. I mean, look at this. It's like a lover scene. I'm sorry, people. I don't care what your sexuality or politics is. You can, like, love a- another man as a man, not be gay or whatever. You to, I mean, it's a beautiful thing, these two. I think they're like, like brothers, man. I see it like brothers. It's like a brotherly love kind of thing. Sure. I, I see it as, like, it's like but without the baggage of growing up as brothers although i guess they were friends from kids yeah oh yeah yeah, look how they're fighting together like world war ii oh yes so no i go ahead no keep talking it's like it's like you grow it's like it's like not being blood brothers but like growing up together playing together and then fighting together it just became like Mm. you know can I ask you a, uh, a meta question about this movie having yeah. to do with Batman v Superman? <clears throat> I predicted this movie was going to get great reviews, which it did. But I predicted this movie was going to make 1.3 and maybe 1.5 billion dollars Avengers money, and it made 1.1, which is still excellent and way more than Batman v Superman. And because of the the profit loss and so forth, it made it made way more money than Batman v Superman. But it did make a few hundred million less than I thought. 
Do you think Batman v Superman being a movie about good guys who we love punching each other and then this being two months later, a, a bunch of good guys punching each other, do you think the Batman v Superman negative effect on comic book fans and, and movie watchers in general was part of the fact that this, in my opinion, slightly underperformed financially? Um, is there another reason? I don't know. No. I, ask, I ask of you. No, I think... As a kid watching comic books and seeing Batman and Superman fighting each other, it was great because Superman was too too good and Batman was like more. No, like, no, I'm just talking. I'm, look, I'm talking about pure money, real world stuff. Not oh, real world stuff like like money wise, like like the fact that money. Batman and Superman made quote only eight hundred million dollars was crushed by Wonder Woman among other movies, and they spent so much promoting it. If that was supposed to make Avengers money, Batman v Superman was supposed to make $1.5 billion, which was Avengers money. It made half that and got terrible reviews, even from DC fans and non-DC fans mostly hated it. This got very good reviews from both critics and fans, but did make slightly less money than I was expecting. I'm just asking you if there's any correlation. No. Okay. So let's jump to here, this scene. Do you buy this? Do you buy this? That Zemo's entire plan this whole time, traveling around the world, killing people, EMPs, freeing Bucky, was just to get the pleasure of watching these three fight each other. A little too convenient for me, personally. Yeah. I think his plan was stupid. It's a little too Lex Luthor, but without the being crazy, manic, rich guy. But it's that's sort of a Lex Luthor move. Yeah, in fact, that's be. exactly what Lex Luthor does in Batman v Superman. Lex Luthor's entire plan is to just get Batman and Superman to kill each other. It's exactly what's happening here. I think I do think Civil War suffered from that. This is a much better movie and more interesting, in my opinion. But it's essentially the same thing. If he's Lex Luthor and they're Batman v Superman, these characters, it's the exact same thing. It's the exact same thing. Yeah. Okay. It makes sense now. Why do you explain it that way? Yeah. The only thing that's not here is their mom's name Martha. If their moms were named Martha, it would literally be the same thing. And, and in my opinion, as great as these guys are, the fact that Black Panther, Ant-Man, and Spider-Man, the side character, stand out so much as awesome in this movie was similar to the fact that, in my opinion, the best 20 minutes of Batman v Superman was when Wonder Woman appeared. And I said so at the time, and I had predicted for the year and a half leading up to Wonder Woman that she was going to be amazing based on the BVS appearance, and that turned out to be the case. It made more money, it got much better reviews. But for some reason, DC and DC fans, the comic book fans, aren't still fully embracing Wonder Woman, and... I think I know why, but I don't want to go there. All right. Here we go. Let's talk about this. Here it comes. This is the third. I was wrong. I thought there were three scenes and then this. There were two versions of this, and now we're seeing the full thing. From Now, why there's a camera on the side of the road that shows all this? By the way, the look in Cap's eyes, he knows already where this is going. Bucky knows, of course. The fact that Cap has put it together. Here it comes. There's John Slattery as, as Howard Stark. Sergeant Barnes. Mm-hmm. Howard Stark and Cap, the first Avenger, is great. I, I, I don't buy this. I don't buy this. I don't buy any of this. 
after everything Tony's seen, that he would suddenly lose it and want to kill Cap and Bucky. I just don't buy it, even with this. It's too convenient. Yep, this is it. This is where the movie lost me. It wasn't even the airport battle right here. It didn't lose me, but... Uh, Bucky kills um, Tony Stark's parents, yeah. It's too convenient, the whole thing. What I love is the way they frame Cap's reaction to this, is he knew this had happened even way before they saw the video. That's the thing I never know. One of many things, man, I never knew about Captain America and why he's my favorite superhero now because of Steve, uh, uh, Chris Evans' portrayal, the Avengers' portrayal, is how smart and, and insight, insightful he is. He had already put this all together. Bucky didn't tell him. Bucky's never told him this. He put it together in his own head. Yep, exactly. We turn your sound down a tiny bit. Put down sound. Just turn down your mirror movie sound a little bit. Gotcha. Just for all the punching. All right. You can still hear it. But by the way, this is a way better fight than this (coughs) Superman versus Batman fight. I mean, this is way better. Yeah. Definitely, I agree. And by the way, I'm the guy who's not a DC guy, but I like Henry Cavill, and I like the Justice League. Like, I'm not a DC hater, you know? But this is clearly a much better version of what Batman v Superman was trying to do, in my opinion. Nah. I I like the old Batman. And DC, uh, DC is not the same anymore. It It just lost me. Michael B. Jordan should be Batman. Uh-huh. It wasn't him. Green, Lan- Green Lantern sucked. It completely sucked. I don't even care. I want the other Bat characters. I want Batgirl. I want Huntress. I want Black Canary. Birds of Prey I'm pumped for. I don't need Batman, even though I love the Batverse. Yeah, I like Batgirl. I like, I want I've been Batgirl. calling Haley Steinfeld as Batgirl literally for two years. I, I dug up a blog article I wrote about two years ago, almost exactly, saying why Haley Steinfeld should be Batgirl. And I still think she should be the number one candidate, if you've read any Batgirl comics with Barbara Gordon. No, the only thing I read was... Um, no, actually, no. I just follow the cartoons, pretty much. Batgirl, Batgirl, Batgirl. Knackered. Yeah, Friday, the new Scottish AI is cool. I just, I, I don't buy this from Tony Stark. I don't. Yeah, right. It's been the whole not- movie setting up that Tony would go completely irrational. He's too smart. To be this manipulated, even Tony Stark. And you know what, dude? The fact that Captain America and company are going to forgive him yet again in the final Avengers movie is a testament to their moral strength and them being great people. But Tony Stark is acting like a whiny... I'm sorry. This is every bit the whiny bitch that Chris Pratt was in Guardians 2 and Infinity War. 
It's manifested uh, differently, but this is just this is even worse because Tony's supposed to be like a middle aged adult. You know, Star Lord is a little boy that never grew up. He was kidnapped, and he's still relatively young. Tony Stark should know better than this. Tony Stark should know better than this. Well, Tony Stark, and this is parents who died decades ago, as opposed to Chris Pratt, who found out that Zoe Saldana was just murdered by Thanos. And this is cool. Here it is. They showed this in the trailer. So stupid. And they've learned their lesson. They're never, ever going to show a final battle again in Marvel or Star Wars. They learned their lesson. They shouldn't have shown this in the trailer. And they did. And it was stupid. I'm sorry. I'm just being objective here. They shouldn't have shown this in the trailer. They shouldn't. It's kind of like, okay, with Tony Stark, it's kind of like with Batman. Uh, Batman found out about Joker killing his parents. It's like the killing Joker or something like that. If Batman begins, he considers shooting the guy who shot his parents but he gives up the gun and becomes Batman in order to prove to Rachel that he's a good guy and he's not a killer. That's what the whole Batman Begins is. Bruce Wayne's art. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. I'm not as cool as the Ultron blast, but that was pretty sick. I'm going to have to watch Ultron after this. I think there's going to be a lot more Avengers and Ultron references in the final Avengers than people realize with, with Clint's family and Tasha and so forth. Here we go. This is it. This, to me, is way more interesting of a final confrontation, even though it's not punching, than what we are just watching. This is great. He's here. He's going to watch it. He's seen what's going on. This is all part of Zemo's plan. It all comes together with the Black Panther, Iron Man, Bucky, Cap, and Zemo. And what does Black Panther do? Decides not only not to kill this guy, but prevent him from killing himself. Because Black Panther's been watching the nonsense going on inside which establishes Wakanda as intellectually smarter than us, which is important. They're not just technologically smarter than us. They're philosophically smarter than us, man. Which Africa is, by the way, guys, in real life, despite their impoverishment, Africa is way more advanced than the West in so many ways. And here's part of it, is their moral superiority, which is deserved and real. This, to me, is the actual climax of the movie. But again... Black Panther lover, biased. The Avengers. Have they even mentioned the Avengers? My home, yeah. Yeah. Sokovia. This is a great juxtaposition. Dude, I'm telling you, dude, the Russos were right. This movie is really about this relationship more than what's going on inside, even though those are quote-unquote main characters. This is really setting up Black Panther. If there's any setting up going on in this movie, it's clearly Black Panther, and I love it for it. Vengeance has consumed you. He's also speaking about himself. It's consuming them. Uh Uh-huh. And he's going to say it's consuming me. Yeah, I'm done like, God. Oh, God, Chadwick Boseman. Perfect man. Here it comes. Justice will come. These two actors, both Academy nominated, brilliant. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm watching. Oh. The living are not done with you yet. Yes, Panther. All right, so I'm going to have to watch Ultron and then Panther after this. Do you agree with me, though, that in some ways that relationship we just saw is more interesting than the punching going on here? Yeah, true. Or at least more relevant going Mm -hmm. forward. Did Bucky lose his arm yet? Yes, he has. It's a Star Wars trope. He's my friend. 
Yeah, I telling you, he's so jealous of Bucky. He's jealous of everyone with Cap. He has such a man crush on Cap. No, he just, he just. I'm not even talking about sexually because he knows Cap is morally right in all these situations, and it pisses him off because he's wrong and Cap's right, and it's pissing Tony off. Yeah, he's just jealous at him, like as his leg- as a legend. Like, Here it is. I could do this all day. I have this gif. I use it all the time. That gif. Oof. I feel like Tony Stark is like uh, jealous as him as a hero legend. He's as much of a baby as Peter Quill, man. I'm sorry, he's acting like a child. No, no. Yep, yep. Not, not in that way. Not not like Peter Quill. Peter he's Quill acting like, like a baby. Acting well, like a baby because like of his parents. Just like Peter Quill because of his daddy. Well, well, no, but no, no, no. Like his parents died by a fucking. Bucky, Dude, they were traumatic. dirty. Not his mom. Howard Stark was dirty, man. They were involved with the beginning of Hydra, even if it was accidental. His parents were dirty as shit. That's what, why like Bucky 20? was there. Bucky was not there to murder the Starks. He was there to get the serum and anyone involved with the serum. Tony's yeah, parents were was... dirty and immoral, and he's having to deal with the legacy. Just like Ego, the living planet. I'm sorry. It's the same shit. Well, it's fucked up, man. You like you lose your two, your parents, and you, you're you're you know it's it's fucked. That you shield know? doesn't belong to you. I love this. This was great because you know he's gonna get a vibranium shield and Black Panther or whatever. But this is a great way to leave it. Of course, it's like you can have it. Mm-hmm. They do a great job of who knows about Wakanda and who knows about Vibranium and who doesn't. I mean, all that continuity stuff, they're excellent in the films with that. Yeah. What does he say to Ultron? He's like, you've been juicing Vibranium cocktail? (laughs) 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 Yeah. Actually, the, the launching and destruction of Sokovia with the Vibranium core is pretty awesome. Here we go. All right, so Martin Freeman's English accent here is as bad or worse than Benedict Cumberbatch's, Benedict Cumberbatch's English accent in the first Doctor Strange. This guy, Martin Freeman, gets much better in Black Panther, um, and Benedict Cumberbatch has gotten much better as Stephen Strange. In both cases, they should have just said fuck it to the comics and made them English because, again, back to my Elizabeth Olsen, Scarlett Johansson accent comments, who fucking cares? Um, but that's there you go. Uh, Martin Freeman on the original UK office, one of the funniest and best performances ever. Benedict Cumberbatch, also an excellent actor. Uh, ben Zemo's going to come back one day. He's going to be free. He's going to like. He's That's gonna his come car at the as... end of Ultron, by the way. That orange car. Nice. Ben Zemo's going to come back and he's going to form Thunderbolt. And if you don't know about Thunderbolt, you should read the comics. This is great. This is great. We knew they were going to sort of kill Rhodey, and it seemed forced at the time, but the fact that it adds to their closeness, is, that's what I'm always saying, man. I don't care about eye-rolling plot twists if the character stuff in the writing hits. This is so sweet in rehumanizing Tony, right? I mean, I don't know. I love this. I, I think these two have – that's the thing about Terrence Howard. I just think these two have better chemistry. It's not a knock on Terrence Howard. These two have had way more time on screen, I really believe, these two, as Rhodey and, and, and Stark. Yeah, in the comics, funny, in the comics, they both um, not – well, 
Tony was a fucking alcoholic, and this guy was a straight military. But I think there's continuity. Both. No, but I think there's continuity in that if you take Terrence Howard and don't ignore him, but say it's the same character, different actors, that roadie was like Stark used to be, but unlike Stark, who's still acting like a child, which I've been trying to say, roadie has grown up as a man. But he's too good of a person and too much friends with Tony to say, hey, Tony, stop acting like a child because they're good buddies. So they're going to work together. Here we go. This is what I love about Tony. This is the important part of Tony Stark, man. No one talks about. He is a hard worker. He was born into obscene wealth. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Tony Stank. Uh, I got some weed the other day. People called Tony Stank. Ayo. But you know what I mean? Like, Tony Stark is a hard worker despite his wealth, which is not the case with yeah. a lot of rich boys. Yeah, and he's not like fucking, what's his name? Goddamn Star-Lord. Fuck them. Um, and like, I don't like, I don't like fucking Star-Lord. Um, Here we the go. Thing is Here's the letter from Cap. Here we go. The Avengers are yours more than mine. We know that's not true. Cap's the Avengers. Oh, my God. Look at Elizabeth Olsen. Oh. I don't want to interrupt you, but this is a great cap speech at the end that we uh, we get, but they're always great. My face and people, exactly. The cause is people, not ideology. Yep. They haven't let me down. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, yeah. This is it. You literally don't have to watch any single Marvel movie from this until Infinity War. You really don't. You should, but you don't have to. There it is. The cell phone. Ruffalo. Banner tells him to make the call, man, in Infinity War with the phone. Oh, this is great. We needed Tony at the very end. This is great. Yeah. Tony, we have a problem. Uh, please hold on. No, don't hang up. Boom. <laughs> All right. Here we go, baby. Oh, yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. All right. That's it. Well, we got the post credits, man. But I want your final thoughts because I did a lot of talking. You were, you were restrained because I talked too much. Thoughts about that movie having rewatched it. When was the last time you watched this movie? Oh, man. For a minute. Are you going to keep letting it play so we can get the post credit scene and then we'll end there? Yeah, I'm going to let it play. I'm going to do that now. Yep. Cool. Um, yeah, it's been a year or two for me. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been quite a while for me. Actually, let's go. Come on, post credits. Move it. Let's do it. Oh, you're I'm moving gonna... it straight to the post credits? Okay. Yeah. Well, let me let me make sure that I get there too. It's not. It's not. It's mid credits, dude. It's barely any time. Oh, okay. Oh God, hold on. Ugh. All right, guys. So we're gonna jump to the mid credits scene, which isn't that far from where we are. Once they announce the main actors on screen, they're gonna show us it. Um, but make sure you pause it. Uh, wherever you end up. Yeah, I'm trying to get to it. Hold on. Mine's like two hours, 18 minutes, 40 seconds-ish. Okay, got it. Hold on, right there by Peter Parker. 
All right, got it. Oh, okay. Are you at the beginning of it? No, I'm passing the credits. It's like uh, no, no, it's not far. at the end. It's literally after just the initial credit. It's only one or two minutes after the movie ends, man. That's why I told you to let it play. No, um, because the thing is, when I moved the credit, I saw Peter Parker putting a web blaster. Oh, yeah, and I don't care about that one. I'm talking just about the Bucky one with Wakanda. Oh, jeez, yes, yes. Go well. way back, way back after the secondary characters like Daniel Brühl and Marissa Tomei are announced. It starts with you see Bucky in the hospital room. So as Abdil gets to the mid credit sequence, which would have been easier if he had just let it play to the mid credit sequence, that's fine. We're used to it being at the end credits. Marvel, by the way, has gotten nicer to us in putting them in the mid credits and having the end credits be more of just a funny tease, but that's fine. Um, I like this movie way more than I remember. I knew I was going to, but it's all informed by how great the last year has been with Black Panther and Infinity War. As I've said many times, I have not loved Phase 3. I was extremely disappointed in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I was very disappointed in Thor Ragnarok. Okay, I'm, I'm not into Ant-Man. I'm not in that much into Captain Marvel. It's not that they've done a bad job with these movies, but again, I love Team Cap and I love Black Panther, and that's why this movie continues to be great for me because of those characters. And so it's going to be high on my list. Dude, I only I can only rank like the top ten MCU movies because the other ones like I just don't like Doctor Strange and Ant Man two and Guardians two and Thor, Thor two like I just don't even like enough to rank. But all the Cap movies and all the Avengers movies with Cap are at the top of my list personally. So are you there with Bucky at the scene? Yeah, you're just rambling on, and I was right here. Well, I've been rambling on the whole time. Uh, are you paused or <laughs> what? No. Yes. Right now. Yes. Should I hit play? One, two, three. Should I yes. count? Yes, go right. for it. One, two, three, play. All right, good. Dude, I stood up, clapped, and cheered when I saw this in the theater. Because I'd called this happening, but getting the Wakanda reveal, I lost my fucking mind. And by the way, Black Panther's younger sister, Shuri, is way smarter than Tony Stark or anyone else on the planet. Let's be clear. Of of course. And that Bucky is is kind of fatalistic giving into it, but knows also that it could heal him is is beautiful. Now he's back in the ice. Here we go. Oh my god. Chadwick Boseman is literally a king in my book. I mean, who's more regal than this guy? Yeah. Oh, your friend and my father. Yep, they're both Vic. I mean, Black Panther grew the most in this movie out of anyone. It's not even close. Yeah, you sure did, man. You know, if they find out he's here, they'll come for him. Yeah, here comes. Yeah. What does he say? Let them come. Let them try. Oh yeah, we're panning out. We're panning out. Oh, there's Wakanda. There's the waterfalls, the jungles, and oh, the giant panther statue. Uh, yeah. All right. Get to the Peter Parker webs one here. Which I can't wait for the new Spider-Man movie to come out because Mysterio is going to be in there. Are we? Are we jumping to the post-post credits? Yeah. All right. No, no, no. I already, I already seen that. Okay. We won't. We didn't need to talk about that. Whatever. About, you I'm guys watch about, it. Let's do a wrap up on the movie, and I'll let you go. Um, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about no. I'm talking about the new Spider-Man movie. Oh, okay. 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 Because there is a Spider-Man tease at the end or whatever, but who cares? Spider-Man was greatness. Uh, so awesome, man. Well, thank you so much. Um, 
Uh, I hope I got my microphone fixed so that we can continue doing commentaries in person with one another. So we did the best we could with the situation. Um, you know, I, I, I tend to not, you know, as someone who's done a million commentaries, I, I tend to not like dead air. And so I talk a lot. Um, and so, you know, I, 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 I'm fully aware of that. Um, and so I was trying to get you in as much as possible. You had some great points about the film that I hadn't thought about. Any final thoughts about this movie, either as a movie in its own from 2016, the Captain America movie, as sort of an Avengers movie leading to the final Avengers movie? Like, any final thoughts about where this movie is uh, and sort of what you think about it. I think the movie was great. Um, is it I in your say, top like five to eight Marvel movies or even comic book movies? Uh, it's, in, it's in my top. I mean, I have a lot of top movies, top comic movies. It's in my, um, my top, my top five. Because I have like, uh, let's do this. Let's do this right now. Let's do this right now. Top okay. five comic book movies. Let's do it right now. Uh, it's a great way okay, to end it. Of all comic book movies. Do you want me to go first? What you think? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So this is a combination of movies that I love, movies that I think are artistically great, movies that I think are entertaining, <sighs> movies that were influential in the culture, movies that did well. I mean, all those factors. For me, you can have your own criteria, Abdiel. Okay? That's just my criteria. So I don't have an order. Um unfortunately maybe i'm pussying out by saying that unfortunately i have a definitive top five that hasn't changed but i don't have an order is that okay go for it it takes the pressure off you if nothing else right so my top five comic book movies easily are avengers one avengers two age of ultron captain america the winter soldier the dark knight and x-men 2 x-men united Uh, those have been my top five for years they continue to be my top five Guardians of the Galaxy is very close. Um, Infinity War was amazing. Black Panther was amazing. But if I'm really being honest with myself about movies that were life-changing, but also movies that I watch constantly and that span not just the MCU, uh, the Joss Whedon Avengers 2 movies, Captain America the Winter Soldier by these guys, the Russos, Joe and Anthony Russo, The Dark Knight, and X2, X-Men United. Now, a slight addendum is i actually like dark knight rises more than most people that's not that important the more important thing is x-men one it was clearly setting up x-men two it was extremely short and fast and tried to set up a lot so even though x2 is my pick i'm sort of cheating a tiny bit by saying x-men one is sort of the prequel or prelude to x2 but the movies themselves yes Captain America the Winter Soldier, Avengers, Avengers Age of Ultron, X-Men uh, 2, X-Men United, X2, and The Dark Knight. Those are my five. It hasn't changed in a few years, and, and for now, it hasn't. So, you go ahead. Um, so, super movie on uh, superhero movies? That's mm-hmm. it? Uh, hmm, I would say Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Venom. Oh my god, I'm uh, 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 uh. Look, I will say this. I will say this. I will say Spider-Man. this. Spider-Man. Well, hold on. Hold on. Spider-Man. Hold on. Before you finish. Before you finish. I will say this about Venom. I have zero interest in it. It looks like a monster. It looks like monster porn to me. However, I will say the following two things. I like anything that's going rated R or just dark in more adult in general in comic book movies. 
And I love Tom Hardy. He's one of my favorite actors. I think I he's him. one of the great actors on the planet. Is going to keep getting better. And if he's not at Daniel Day-Lewis level, he's almost there and may surpass him. And I love Tom Hardy. Me and my dad watch literally everything. The only reason we don't watch Venom, because we love everything Tom Hardy is in, is because of the monster porn look of Venom. We just find it very unattractive. But I do love ah. I do love Tom Hardy and dark movies. So I will give it that. Okay, so Venom, Deadpool, that's two. Uh, Spider-Man, X-Men. Wait, and, which Spider-Man? Uh, the original Spider-Man? Oh, fuck no. Um, uh, I do like, Homecoming was cool. What are you talking the, about? I mean, the second, um, the second actor of Spider-Man was good. Um, and the, and the third one. That's not a movie. Which Spider-Man? You said Venom, <sighs> Deadpool 1. I'm assuming you're saying Deadpool 1. So which Spider-Man? Oh, not not the not the God damn The Amazing um, Spider Man? I guess. The Amazing Spider Man was really cool. And the new and the re, and the and the latest Spider Man, yes. I like him too. That's not and the question, buddy. I'm sorry to put your balls to it's the really fire. Hard. It's really the hard. The question is think. movies. The question is movies. We can talk about your favorite series or superheroes, but this question is top five movies. You've got Deadpool. You've got Venom. I need three more. Amazing Spider-Man. All right, five. Amazing Spider-Man. Amazing that's Spider-Man. three with Emma Stone. I, I want to pick. Garfield. I want to pick the other. I want to pick the other Spider-Man movie too. But it's like, I, I, uh, okay. Oh, whatever. Okay, that'll be whatever. representative I'll, of it. That's cool. All right. Um, and by the extra, way, Deadpool uh, is the rated R fourth wall breaking version of Spider Man. For those of you who don't know out there, he's making fun of Spider Man in a in a, a, a reverential way. So you basically have three Spider Mans out of three movies so far. Keep no, going. you know what? To be true, like no Spider Man, like Deadpool was supposed to be uh, a DC, uh, the DC character of um, okay, what's his name. He was a he, he's a ripoff character uh, character of Yeah, he, yeah, he looks most specifically like um with the sword. What the hell is his name? Um I know Africa. what you mean. Okay, well that's another conversation. Yeah. Okay, we got three movies. Yeah. It got two more. Let's go, buddy. Um X Men, um Which one? Mm, that's a really hard one. Because to be honest for you, I said X two. But I'm at the point I would om- I could interchange X Men: Days of Future Past with X Two. It's very close. Those are my two X Men favorite X Men movies yeah. by far. And I left out Logan, uh, um, which should be in the top five, only because I just don't know. I know Deadpool's also rated R, but Logan for me is so different from any comic book movie. It's hard to put on the list. If we're going just by like the greatest movies that happen to be superhero movies, then Logan might be number one. I'm, I'm going by like superhero, superhero movies. So that's, that was my thing, but I understand where you're coming from. So we got three, we need two more. Logan. Yeah. That's four. Okay. And, uh, and, um, uh, Avengers. Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry. Take it back. Black Panther. Black Panther. Awesome. Yeah. I would say in my next, if I had a second five, I would have Deadpool. Um, I would have uh, X-Men Days of Future Past. I would have Logan. Um, I would have Wonder Woman for sure. Um, and the f- my 10th my would be um, hmm, maybe Infinity War or Black Panther, one of the two. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's getting tough. It's just for me... The trilogy of Avengers 1 in 2012, 
Captain America the Winter Soldier in 2014, and then and Ultron Iron. in 2015, to me, just works as a trilogy of movies, you know. As a, so as a Tolkien trilogy guy, that works great for me. That's part of what's going on. I, I, I don't think yeah. any of the Iron Man movies are in my top uh, 20, or not top 20, but they're definitely in my top 10. I think Iron Man is better in the Cap and Avengers movies, or even the Spider-Man movies, than in his own movies. But that's- Cap, Cap, Cap is also my favorite. Mm-hmm. Iron Man, Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Ant-Man and Wasp, they're funny. Mm-hmm. They have this old guy who, ah, it's, it's, it's so, it's so much for me. It's like, there's so much Marvel movies that I, I, mm-hmm. I, I would like, I mean, Dr. Strange was like, eh, it was funny, okay. but it was like, it All was right. like, eh, okay, whatever. Well, you have been super and generous with Ghost your. Rider. You've been oh, Ghost Rider, nice. You've been super generous with your time, and so I don't want to keep you on too much post here, dude. Um, do you mind if I ask you one final question? Yeah, sure, go for it. Okay, so we had the Great Predictions podcast that only lasted forty minutes, but honestly had like two hours of content worth, honestly, in that forty minutes. And then I did my extended one, so I won't go through all my predictions because people can listen to Bizzlecast two eighteen, I think it is, with all my predictions, which is based on your and I conversation. Then seeing Captain Marvel, watching the trailer again, listening to some stuff, doing this, doing that. So let me ask you: since we last talked, do you think that? It's an outside chance of an alternate universe, parallel universe, Earth 1, Earth 2, Earth X scenario in the new Avengers? Um, Or do you think it's more likely they're just trying to throw us off in the trailers? And the most likely thing is it's it's just a normal straight ahead uh, scenario post the Thanos snap. And there's not multiple universes. Because I think if you watch the trailer, put everything together we've seen so far, add in Captain Marvel, there's at least two parallel universes. One was Scarlet with the red hair, not even recognizing Hawkeye, for example. And then one was Scarlet with the blonde hair as post-Avengers Infinity War. You don't say this to cater to me, because I love big conspiracy philosophical theories. You personally, going into the final Avengers movie, do you expect to see Avengers from multiple universes that may look different in the sort of Flashpoint, CW, Earth-1, Earth-2, Earth-X mold? Or, or, or in your honest heart of hearts, do you think it's just going to be a straight-A story that that um, uh, that I, I sort of the skeptics of this theory would believe. Uh, that's a that's a difficult question for me to answer. I think mm-hmm. uh, it may be a parallel universe. It may not be. It just may. It's, it's so. Like can I just give you, can I give you a thing? Can I give you just a quick thing? A quick thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Have you seen Donnie Darko? Yes, I've seen Donnie Darko. Okay. So, in Donnie Darko, the entire movie is about him coming to the realization that he's in a time loop, right? Yeah. And the only way to save not only his town, his family, his love, and his universe is to stay in bed while the airplane engine drops from the tangential universe and murder him, right? Mm-hmm. which is him at the end laughing in bed after his girlfriend's dead and his parents, mom and sister are dead. Everything's gone to shit. And the only way is to not sleepwalk, right? The very beginning of the movie is him sleepwalking out of bed and he realizes the universe is telling him to stay in bed and die and that's the only way to save it. That's why he's named Donnie Darko and they specifically call him a superhero in the movie with the name Donnie Darko, right? Um, And that's his superpower is understanding the time loop stuff and seeing the path of the future and where he needs to go, expecting his woman to die and expecting that he would have to give his life. But what happens when he dies? 
in the end of the movie. Every single major character, including Drew Barrymore, Noah Wiley, Patrick Swayze, the guy who plays Frank, his parents, they all wake up as if from a feverish dream, right? Mm. And, and they remember having lived something that felt at least as real as reality, right? You can see on their faces that they have dreamt everything that happened during the course of Donnie Darko, right? Even though in their world it's never happened. In their world, Donnie just died as was supposed to happen in his house. But but Frank, Patrick Swayze, remembers getting arrested for the kitty porn, right? And Frank wakes up, remember, getting killed after having killed. I mean, they all wake up remembering having done this stuff that's just a dream. But it seems, to quote The Matrix, more real than reality, right? So my theory is there's going to be a point where the Avengers go to sleep and wake up and they are not even going to remember what's going on. They're going to have strong memories of everything we've seen in the MCU up to this part, starting up point, starting with Iron Man, with the Avengers, this movie we just watched, everything. They're going to wake up with Thanos, with the snap. They're going to wake up in one of the universes and, as if it was a dream, and it's so real. And that's the look that Natasha and Clint are giving each other in the trailer, where it, you know, it seems like they're seeing each other again for the first time, as I'm saying, but there's also a look of recognition, and they're holding hands. We're getting different relationships the camera looks totally different throughout it i mean they could definitely be trying to throw us off but if you apply the donnie darko sort of amnesia theory where you can wake up remembering this alternate universe that that existed you know even though you're back in the normal universe i i I could totally see this well let me ask you a more realistic question other than what you think is going to happen based on the comic books it would be both realistic and fan servicey for there to be multiple parallel but alternate universes going on, right? Right. But my question right. I'm asking you to end the podcast here is, is this just throwing us off with all the different camera filters, all the different scarlet haircuts, the different Hawkeye haircuts? I mean, Hawkeye looks very different in every shot we see him in. Tony looks different when we see him. We, you know what I mean? Like Scar- ScarJo's hair when they're walking in the Avengers hangar is all red. And then we see the blonde with the guns and we see Hawkeye with the Mohawk looking like the normal universe. But then we see Hawkeye in you know, Budapest or Japan or whatever that is looking completely different after his family's dying. Um, do you, l- but l- you know what? Yeah. No, go ahead. Hold go ahead. On. But you, yeah. you know what? Like what? Budapest, if you look at Cap- um, Captain Marvel, uh, um, was it Nick Fury talked about um, being in Budapest. And that's what I'm saying. That can't be Budapest because it's the present day. It's not Budapest. I don't, it's not. I agree with you. Hmm. And by the way, it's a retcon. It is a retcon completely of everything we've seen since 2008 that, that Romanoff and Barton would be romantic. They're best buddies in the Avengers. She frees them from mind control. They obviously have affection for each other. She loves his family in Ultron. She's hugging the kids. She loves Linda Cardellini, who plays the wife. There's no threat. I mean, normally, if you're Linda Cardellini, who plays Mrs. Barton, you'd be threatened by Scarlett Johansson, right? You'd be threatened by Black Widow. There's no sense of that. They're just best buddies, and they go out of their way to not have a romance. So if they're teasing a romance between Barton and Romanoff, the only way to pull that off that would make sense both within the timeline and for the 
watchers would be to have an alternate timeline where they are romancing with each other, I think. And so my whole theory is based around both the different looks of Hawkeye and Romanoff in the trailers, but also the fact that if there's a, a romance, that's not because Barton's family dies, and so all of a sudden, oh, now I can hook up with Black Widow. There's no way they would do that in a fucking MCU no. movie. No chance. And I don't think they're, and I don't think they're family passed away no way I don't way know he's hell. looking very happy with his girl with the bow and arrow and his family sitting in the background the very next shot in the dystopian future looks very different than normal Jeremy Renner Hawkeye he's got different hair his face looks gaunt and upset he looks like he recognizes Black Widow but so it doesn't I don't know man I I this is one of those theories that I, you know, with Star Wars, I, I have a better, I have a much better record of prediction in Star Wars because I literally called time travel with Ahsoka a year before the World Between Worlds and the final episode, uh, the final season of Rebels, where Ezra pulls her and her fight from Anakin from the past into the present slash future. I called time travel with Ahsoka. I started writing a story that, about time travel with Ahsoka, and still people don't believe me about this. I've actually have a better sense of this with Star Wars, so I. I could be completely off base and they're just throwing us off in the Avengers movies. But if there's not some sort of time travel, alternate universe and or quantum zone stuff with Ant-Man. Oh, that's the question I want to ask you because you like Ant-Man more than me. You know more about Ant-Man. We see the quantum suits. Do you believe on a scale? Let's move, let me make this more specific. I'll let you go. From one to 10 and one being completely unconvinced and saying, no, there's no way. 10 being completely convinced from 1 to 10, the fact that we see them in the quantum suits in the Avengers hangar, do you believe that it's actually leading to a quantum zone situation where I've been saying they have to go to the quantum zone to get the, and what they call in Donnie Darko, the tangential universe to reconnect with the main universe and have everything be put right? That would be my explanation of the quantum suits. So from 1 to 10... Is that, uh, do you, uh, that's not really a fair question. I guess what I'm saying is, do you think they're doing the quantum suits just as fan service and because they look cool, but they're really just going to Captain Marvel's ship? Or do you think they're really good and the quantum zone is really going to play a part in this final thing that may or may not involve multiple uh, branching but connected parallel timelines? I don't even know. <laughs> you're just going off the brook right there. All right. I, I love you, buddy. Thank you so much for doing this with me. No I problem, really appreciate I it. I think they're going to hook up with the scrolls and do some really damage with the with this guy. I think I'm just pumped that whether all the alternate universe stuff happens or not, there's way more kind of metaphysical complications going on. Because let's be honest. Okay, I'm going to say a bunch of facts from Infinity War. And you stop me and tell me if I'm wrong about any of these, okay? Right. Okay, one. Doctor Strange saw 14 million futures and specifically fucked with the Time Stone before he gave it up to Thanos in a way too easy seeming way, giving it to Thanos, having fucked with it. True. Right? So he saw that in 14,300,000 realities, even the only one of those in which they win, even that one, half the universe is killed and Thanos gets all the stones. So why not fuck with the Time Stone because you're Doctor Strange? Right. Two, 
Loki could have fucked with the Tesseract, a.k.a. the Space Gem. Vision and or the Scarlet Witch could have fucked with the Mind Gem. That's three. We know the Gauntlets destroyed the Russo brothers, who are the directors, have confirmed in interviews that are official that the Gauntlet is destroyed. If you can't see it yourself in the movie. So the Gauntlet's destroyed. Thanos is almost killed by Thor at the end, ends up in a really bizarre utopia scenario where he looks very confused. I think the Avengers are going to confront Thor. I think Captain Marvel and Thor are going to confront Thanos in his weird world early in the movie and say, Thanos, restore things to how they were. And Thanos is going to say the following. He's going to say, if I could, I wouldn't because I hate all of you and I did this for a reason, but I can't because the gauntlet's destroyed and I already snapped my fingers. So I don't think Thanos is actually going to be the big bad guy throughout the final movie. And they're going to be extra depressed that Thanos can't restore things. And that is why Doctor Strange created an alternate time loop in which, are you ready for here, man? This is my big prediction. Are you ready for this? Go for it. So you know how the original six Avengers and a couple other characters like Rhodey see everyone turn to Ash dramatically at the end of Infinity War? Mm. That is a misdirection of a level 10 magnitude of misdirection. And the people that we see from the original Avengers watching the Ashification, as I've been calling it, they're actually the ones going into an alternate dimension, not the people turning to Ash. That's just their perception. And that Doctor Strange realizes that even in the alternate universe that they need to solve restore and fix it still goes back to the original six joss whedon avengers plus a couple other people like Gamora, rocket uh nebula rocket and and so forth and so he he's actually sets them on the path for that alternate reality and they're the ones who have to restore it and so we're actually going to see black widow iron man clint and everyone die in the alternate reality like let's say an hour to an hour and a half into the film and then that's going to restore Donnie Darko style like basically what I'm saying is the first hour of the movie is almost all of Donnie Darko it's like after the first two minutes and before the final five minutes of Donnie Darko where they're in this weird tangential unsustainable universe and they fix it halfway through and then we get them back in the prime timeline with all the people who we thought were ashified and dead and then I don't know if Captain America is going to actually die, quote unquote, or Black Widow is going to die, quote unquote. But I, we, I think the alternate Earth X flashpoint, whatever you want to call it, alternate universe of engineers are going to die because that will give us the dramatic p- payback uh, or, or feedback and, and payoff of them dying. And yet we still get to see them fight with the entire extended team of all our Marvel heroes at the end. That is what I believe is happening. I am completely, completely wrong. But if there is no time loop, time travel, alternate universe in this movie, movie i'm not going to be disappointed because i know that the russos are going to nail the movies no matter what and like i said infinity war was a thousand times better than i was expecting and i fucking love that movie but i think that they want to reward people who are looking into it and there's going to be stuff that i can't see coming that they'll do that will make it still cool even if i'm right um so let me ask you the subjective question then, rather than a predictive question, I'll let you go, which is, wh- which would you rather see? Would you rather see just a single timeline in which everyone's ashified and the original six is there and they got to find the people and they go to the blah, 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 and they do this and that, but it's just one timeline and one story with the same characters? Or would you personally rather see some sort of, you know, Donnie Darko-ish scenario where there is like a tangential, you know, parallel, unsustainable universe um, with, with the original characters, which would get them to flex different muscles dramatically and have a different relationship like we see in the Earth-X, you know, crossovers in the CW, for example, DC? Uh, what would you rather see? And then I'll let you go for good. Oh, man. 
I'd rather see it as um, as a watcher. I'd rather see it as like the X Men of the future of no um, days of future past. Yes, I said that in my podcast. God damn, you're brilliant. That's it. That's it. Yeah, because yep. you yep. you you got me. You got me. So not like, traditional oh. time travel. I agree with you. It's like yeah. Wolverine's brain went to the past. Not actually. It's not John Connor stuff, right? Wolverine's brain went to previous like Wolver- previous Wolverine, but it wasn't traditional time travel. I totally agree, and I say that in my podcast. God bless you. Yeah, but then then. Um, they're going to restore his, themselves into the minds as opposed to act. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know. And this whole damn thing is driving me nuts now. Awesome. All right. Well, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to get this podcast going because it's long. I thank you so much for being on man. Really appreciate it. Honestly, I do. This was fantastic. I couldn't have done this alone. I needed, I needed Falcon to my Cap or my Bucky, I should say, because I'm not Cap. Cap's way better than me. So <laughs> I need the Falcon to my Bucky. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I will propose that you think on these things. And sometime before the 26th of April when we see the movie, and by the way, if you want to see it opening night with me and Papa Bizzle, you are most welcome to. And we will definitely be getting oh, reserved seats opening definitely night. Definitely do that. Do okay. So you're going to come opening night with us um, either at the Rave or if we get like 2D IMAX seats out in King of Prussia, I'll drive us out there. And we'll get dinner and Papa Bizzle. He loves you and he sees movie, he loves seeing movies with me and my friends. So we will we will figure that out. But sometime before the twenty sixth, we will revisit this with theories. Does that sound like an okay proposition? Hell yes. Awesome, brother. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Abdeel. You are the man. Bizzlecast listeners, you are awesome. I can't believe how many people are interested in my crackpot Avengers theories, as you can tell from the past 10, 15 minutes. But apparently you are interested in downloading it. So thank you guys so much. Hope you enjoyed this commentary. Abdeel, thank you again. I'm going to sign us out. But as is tradition, I give you the last word if you have anything to say literally about anything. No, I'm going to get the hell out of here. My head hurts. <laughs> and he's get out of here. He's got the Bizzlecast torture. I'm drilling into his brain like the earworms from uh, Wrath of Khan, Star Trek 2. Uh, okay, Bizzlecast listeners, you have been awesome. I have been the Bizzle. He has been Abdeel. May the force be with you. We will be coming back at you soon. But for now, the Bizzlecast is out.